hello, everybody. Welcome to an unexpected podcast, special in-person edition. Um, I think I referred to it as a live edition last time. We're not live because you're not hearing this as I say it, but we are in-person because there are actually uh, three of us, technically four of us, that are co-located. Um, we have me in Manchester. We have... Meg, hello. In Manchester, we have... Evan. And hey, we Marcus. have... Henry. I love how Henry is not technically a person. Like you're like, we've got three people here and then Henry is- <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the void. Yeah, you don't really count. I'm a serial. <laughs> so Henry is gonna be our special guest host for today. Henry is actually from Australia. He is up here in Articon and he's taken over the role of my son for this mm -hmm. weekend. And by that, I mean, he's going to be my doubles partner for reasons that we'll explain in a bit. Yes, your son abandoned you. Yes, <laughs> my son abandoned me. Um, so uh, we also have Rob, who's in the building, who may be showing up later, but he reportedly has not slept in 32 hours um, because he has just arrived after some epic uh, canceled plane flights from uh, the United States. So we may or may not see him. It's one of the reasons we uh, imported my new adopted son, Henry, um, to join the podcast and tell us about what's going on here at Articon. By the way, you told mom about this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. okay. she's, she's entirely on board. Okay, good. so are we taking him home with us? We're taking one of you home. <laughs> well, I know he's going to bait me on the table. So, uh, <laughs> just outside. Do, you, do you mind if we take a foster child in? Yeah, I'm not sure I have enough space in my flat, actually. <laughs> I'll sleep on the floor. Uh, so to let you know how we got here, um, we're going to get a backup 24, well, actually, I guess 36 hours now. Um, to the, the last chance Masters uh, qualifier, where 18 of us uh, showed up on a Wednesday, which is, of course, the traditional gaming day in the UK, uh, showed up on a Wednesday here in Manchester to try and secure three slots to the, uh, to the Masters at Articon. Um, and uh, we managed to get two of those three slots. Let's, let's walk through the story. Guys. Let's walk through the story. All right, why, why don't you walk through the story? Well, um, well, we can we can all walk through our our respective stories. Yeah. Our respective stories. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, it was a tournament, Dad. Let's yeah, it was it was a tournament. So we'll, we'll talk about the tournament. We were there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm less eager to talk about my tournament performance than these other two. <laughs> were, but, um, I mean, I'm played, with you on that one. I played against him, so I'm not too eager to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so so it was a four game four game tournament. Uh, I won two. Uh, I lost to Alas um, and uh, yeah, finished somewhere in the middle of the pack. Uh, Mick, however, I won three and I lost to Evan, who, however, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Evan. I I ended up winning four and coming first. So right, yeah. I had three incredibly nail biter games that could have really gone either way, um, but. I, my dice ended up uh, winning the day, so uh, yeah. No, the game, the game, the game we had together was like it was actually really yeah. cool. So yeah, that was that was that, that was super close, and like it, it was it was really like, like one of those games that you really come to a tournament for. Are you sure? Because last night Evan was telling me he was he well, smashed you across the table. Well, no, that was you. You know, other people smashed me about that. That's today. Let's not, <laughs> let's, let's not go there yet. Let's talk about yesterday. Let's talk about the glory days. The glory days. <laughs> we didn't have an interesting moment uh, in our game when you thought my witch king had two might, and I thought my yes. witch king had one might. So I made a, a play that seemed completely irrational. Yeah. To me. I was completely confused why why he did one thing and so I did a different thing based on on my thinking that that he only had uh, one mic uh, well uh, that he had two mic points, uh, but 
in, in the end, we should have checked. Yeah, we definitely should have. <laughs> you need proper record keeping. That's what, yeah, uh, proper that, that's what I've brought yes. to this, this yeah. partnership. That's right. <laughs> according to my, to my piece of paper, you have two white points. According, according to, to my piece of paper, <laughs> yeah. But either way, um, uh, I ended up uh, getting a whole bunch of orcs on Legolas on yeah. the second to last turn. And Legolas decided that he was going to botch his role. Yeah. And then my orcs decided that they were just going to kill him. Yeah. As you do, you only have two dice. Yeah. Mm. You can't bank yeah. on the two dice. See, yeah. see, that would have happened. But I know that he only had one point of might because mm. the Legolas would have gone somewhere else rather than try to snipe Witch King's horse. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> talk about the list, shall we? Well. <laughs> I realize we've been talking a whole lot about games. <laughs> no one knows what the hell any of us are playing. Right. So uh, I guess I'll go over <laughs> my list first. Um, so throughout the entirety of this event, I'm going to be taking the same thing, um, which is uh, Filthy Filthy Angmar, um, which everybody loves. So it's got Gulivar, Witch King on Horse with 3, 14-3, uh, uh, and the crown, obviously, because I'm not an idiot. And then just a basic orc captain, uh, no extra equipment, and then two specters, two puppy dogs uh, in the form of wild lords, and then just a bunch of orcs uh, in a banner, which gets me up to about 38 models. And I put two bows in there just because. Um, and just because yeah. bows. Yeah. yeah. Better than no bows. Right. Um, Solid list. Yeah. And yeah. Gulivar has been flying around, uh, killing a bunch of things, sometimes not killing a bunch of things, but it doesn't matter. Have you lost uh, Gulivar yet? Uh, not yet. Yeah. I have not had him die. He, he survives for. A very long time. Mm. It can be hard to pin down and kill. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, defense and uh, the ability to regain wounds. He's just a tank somehow. Yeah. Shall I move on to what I took to Articon? Yeah. Um, so I, as you may not know, I'm, I'm an Australian, so I was traveling in Europe. For How could they I was tell? going to say, if they didn't know it, they know it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been traveling in Europe for about a month when I decided to come to Articon in Manchester. So I didn't have any dice, didn't have a tape measure, uh, didn't have an army or anything. So I joined Team Poland, and uh, one of the gentlemen there was... Uh, Obviously you joined Poland. In honor of <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll oh, take anyone. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm Polish and I haven't joined Team Poland. <laughs> I wonder why. They didn't well, ask. So, yeah, I, I played in Articon um, in the last chance qualifiers. I played Boromir with the banner. Now, for those of you who might watch uh, the Conquest Creations video, you know, there was a bit of controversy about that. I once stated that the banner wasn't worth it. You should take a lance. I've seen the light somewhat. You were that guy? Wait, wait, we, yeah, oh, we need, I was that we need guy. to stop. Can you be my son again? Hold on. Hold on. Derailing this entire podcast. All right, let's have yeah, the argument again on walk, a separate channel. Let's have me, the argument again. Walk me no, 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 no. We're all about digressions here on the <laughs> podcast, and this is an excellent one. Make your case. Walk me through this incredibly twisted logic that got you in that particular position. Which, by the way, okay. clearly, clearly you, you don't think that anymore, right? Uh, just, just say uh, I would say that the logic of it, if you're looking at it from a points point of view, is the banner. But my personal preference is still easily the lance. Right. I would still take the lance. Yeah. Um, and that's because I think Boromir should not. be killing two to four models a turn. Right. That's it. That's all he should be doing. Just yeah. getting the break point up and then to be there around there at the end of the game to lock down a hero if need be, kill a hero who's low on resources, just get those troop kills up. 
That's what he does. So um, we're just gonna cut out this section. I never said anything about. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense, completely illogical. Moving on, anyways. <laughs> well, well, you've also got the Horn of Gondom, so I think he's also, there is a bit of an element of him being specified from that to be going into two models of turn already. And having played the banner now, I can tell you, he does not have the killing power to kill two to four models of turn reliably. Because he's winning on fives a lot of the time. It's not easy to roll fives consistently, even on eight dice. Given our rolling today, it isn't. With the Lance, I very rarely don't kill the models that I'm going into. So you can mock me all you like, but uh, I am personally more comfortable playing with the Boromir who can go it on his own and uh, kill those models and uh, knock down and reliably kill with the Lance rather than uh, playing as a troop-supporting model. That's my opinion. Okay. I mean, I, did, I, I have to say in, uh, in his defense, um, I did see him roll 14 dice, needing fives to get a heroic combat off that would have won us the game today. And never rolling higher than a four. Yep. Lance would have done that. Lance, Lance would have done, done that. Lance would have done yep. that. Yes. Yeah, so if you can't buy a Lance for a Dragon Knight, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be broken. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. But um, so sorry, I've been rambling for a bit, but I will I'll tie it off with Articon of the list. So it's borrowing with the banner, because uh the Polish uh, people that I borrowed it off, uh, Jacob, wouldn't allow me to take a lance. I was, I was wondering, like, whose was the white red banner on Boromir? And I was oh, like, the, that must be a Polish player. Yeah, the one that I <laughs> thought was the Indonesian flag when I first <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, Jakub's. And uh, so I've got Boromir, Captain White Tower, um, seven warriors, seven rangers, Garlic Pound Court, um, Huron, some guys, Madril, some rangers. Pretty simple list. And um, yeah, I think, did we want to go into detail of what actually happened on Articon or? Why not? Sure, why not? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Right, well, I can kick us off. Um, first game, uh, haven't played in probably a month and a half, didn't go too well, I was playing, uh, what is it? The, um, Contest of Champions. Contest of Champions, yeah. thank you. I keep thinking Conquest Creations, is what I keep getting tripped up on that. Um, so I was playing against the Fellowship. Um, with that a bit, uh, I was playing against the Gumby, who's uh, Sean, who's a good player. Um, he's playing in the uh, Articon, the Masters now. Um, basically, you got a couple of kills with Aragon on the board really early on. Um, I had, I was sort of chasing Aragon with kills, but every time I sort of was getting close to getting the kill, he would uh, opt to not use the Fate um, to save his hero if I happened to get the wound of the Warrior, the final wound. Um, he wasn't doing that repeatedly, but it did happen, I think, twice. So. Smart tactic, but that robbed me of a couple of points. And then basically the rest of his army died too quickly because of his fellowship, and uh, that came out to 7-2. Um, second game, I got absolutely curved. Sorry, just stopping for a second. You lost oh. against the ringer? I did. Okay. But I got a technical win. Uh, no additional comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, but it was a technical had, win. If he had the lance, he would have won. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to take that. No worries. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a curb stomp. But um, did you guys want to discuss your first games? Sure. Rather than me so, going through all four. Yeah. So I've been playing a different army to everybody else. Uh, it's called Mix Mix, a.k.a. Uh, the theme of the Battle of the Articon Fields, when Theodred, Legolas, and Huron met up together, and they, 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 they fought together in a battle. Yeah, they, they're, they're leading some elves, uh, some warriors of Minas Tirith, some uh, uh, Rangers of Gondor, and some uh, Rohirrim. So there's, there's about 40 models in total. 
So um, uh, the tournament started for me with um, with the Conference of Champions also against Marcus, who's the captain of the Danish team. Um, That's a natural rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> How so? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Europe doesn't like it. Yeah. In Europe. <laughs> so yeah, it was um, it was a, a really fun game. Uh, um, neither myself nor Marcus haven't played in a, in a, in a pretty long time. So uh, he had Dalamir and. Um, we went into combat, we fought a lot, and Legolas ended up killing six to Dalmir's two, and so I ended up winning again. Um, yeah. Solid. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Uh, okay, so over to me. Um, so, jeez, uh, what's an error worth? I already forgot. Counter Champions. Right. Um, so I was playing against Andrew, who was playing Thranduil's Hall. So he had uh, Thranduil as his cat, as his champion. I was running the Eastern. Easterlings Legendary Legion. So obviously I had the Dragon Emperor as uh, my champion and running a list that was uh, the Dragon Emperor, um, a couple of Black Dragon, Dragon Cataphracts and a drum and the rest were uh, Black Dragon Pikes. And I had Rutabi with some non-Black Dragon stuff and I think one Black Dragon Acolyte. And then I had Brewer Gear with some more kind of non-Black Dragon stuff and it was designed. So basically the non-Black Dragon stuff uh, with the two smaller heroes would form the front rank. The core of the phalanx would be the uh, would be the black dragon pikes, and then you know the emperor would kind of go where he needed to go. You know, Rutabi and Burger would kind of sit in the middle of the phalanx, and um, uh, the dragon emperor would kind of go where he needed to go, either in the middle of the phalanx next to Rutabi, or uh, you know, swinging around one flank or the other. Um, was playing against Thrandwheel um, in contests. Uh, so this particular point, I was putting the Dragon Emperor in the front window, um, managed to, I think I had priority. I ended up with priority in the first turn, managed to get the matchups um, I wanted um, and pinned in, you know, so Thranduil was fighting one person, you know, with a couple of pikes behind it. And uh, the Dragon Emperor was kind of chewing through a couple of people a turn and racking up kills, you know, you know, slowly. I think he got up to six or seven by the end of the game. And Thranduil just kind of mailed it in. Um, he would win combats and then fail the wound, probably because he doesn't have a lance. Uh, that seemed to be his big problem. Um, and was just unable to uh, unable to roll fives. I also was particularly proud during this game that I managed to get somebody into Thranduil every turn to cancel his ability to um, get off any spells from the Circlet of Kings. Got all the way through, and I discovered today, talking to my opponent Andrew when we played him a second time with essentially the same list, that that Thranduil did not actually have the Circlet of Kings, which made me feel like a right idiot for spending all the time <laughs> and resources to make sure that he never got any of his non-existent spells off. Um, but, well, I'm glad you tried that. Yeah, <laughs> it was I guess good practice. Well, by God, he should have had the Circlet of Kings. Why didn't? Um, you tell him. Yeah. So, uh, so that was a seven-point win for me. So contest of champions, I drew against um, the 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 what's it the the Rangers of the North Legendary Legion, the one with um, Aragorn with the the free pointy sword of doom, and then um, he had the twins uh, Halbarad with the banner, and then just Rangers filling about to about uh, an incredibly strong ten models. Um, so. Uh, in some ways, it was a concerning game because he didn't have that many models for my Witch King to kill. On the other uh, hand, um, I did have magic uh, to shut down Aragorn, and I had a big scary bat thing. 
Um, and it, it ended up, um, he did not, I rolled extremely terribly on my casting test. I actually had to mite up a couple of compels from a three to a four, despite rolling like two or three dice. But um, he was very confident uh, about rolling just a little bit lower than me on all of his resist tests, uh, which ended up draining uh, Aragorn's might and will stores uh, quite effectively. Um, and then Gulabar was able to get in uh, and kill Aragorn. And from there, it was, uh, it was a pretty clean mop up. Um, the Witch King managed to, to grab three kills on the Rangers. The great part about the Rangers is that they are all heroes. So every time the Witch King got a kill on a Ranger, he would get a might point back. So I was just burning through might like crazy um, and uh, managed to break him as well. Um, so ended up being, I believe it was a 9-0 win um, because uh, Gulivar killed Aragorn, not the Witch King. Um, so it was a good start. Matthew, have we used our Blood and Glory special rule yet? Uh, I don't think you have succeeded in killing a hero. No, I got pretty close to that second game. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. It's very accusatory. Would, would this be the one where you rolled 14 dice and failed to get a single <laughs> result higher than a four? It might be, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were good at rolling. <laughs> no, I'm only good at rolling when it's one dice <laughs> and I need to roll a six. Uh, that's that's the uh, scenario where it's, okay, the, got it, got it's it. the cream cream on the cake. All right, you, and it's all in the wrist too. People really underestimate how much it's in the wrist oh, yeah. when it comes to rolling. You need to yeah. show me some tips. Oh no worries, we can go work on our wrist action. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, so, game two. Game two. Uh, so game two of Articon, I played against. Um, I think his name was Jim. Um, apologies if I've gotten your name wrong. Uh, oh, my, maybe Jim. My opponent was Tom from the first game. Tom Wag, I think. Yeah. He's the gentleman with the beard who plays There's Rangers. A lot of people with beards. That's true. Yes. We are at a Lord of the Rings tournament. The beards are almost mandatory. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, so in the second game, um, I played uh, maybe Jim, and uh, he had a last alliance list. He had a high elf captain uh, and a sealed door with the ring uh, and a key dam. And the scenario was, I believe, capture and control, which is the one where you can flip the objectives. Um, so he uh, dropped first. Um, I think I got to see most of his deployment because my Madra Warband that only has four ranges, um, and which I always drop them down first to uh, see their deployment. And he deployed in a semicircle a bit back from the board, but uh, my cavalry was still within 10 inches. Um, I wasn't committed to just charge in on the first turn because he had all these heroes in his back rank and I was able to block him in. But he won priority and I decided not to use the mic frivolously to pull off a potentially risky charge. So I just moved up. He kept his formation largely the same. Uh, second turn around, I did decide to go with Huron and Boromir. And I went with the double royal combat. The idea was to just take down his front rank, get to his second rank to get to his high elf spears, take down the Numenorians, get rid of his strength four. Um, and I was happy to burn a point of might on each of them just to sort of get some kills early on the board and maybe psych them out a little bit. Because at this point, I also was threatening the two side objectives and I had the middle one and my back one. So I thought even if I'm going a bit aggressive, I'm on the objectives, which is a big, big advantage. Um, I lost track of the plan. Now, guys, I think you can understand, you, you would agree with me when I say that um, going into any game, if you're halfway through the game and the plan that you had when you started is still the one that you're on, you're doing bloody well. I lost sight of that. 
and I went for another plan. My heroic I pulled off with Boromir and I went for the juicy high elf captain that was sitting behind his ranks because there was a gap. I should have just gone into the troops. Um, I did that, the horse, the high elf captain, but was then behind his lines. Uh, Huron botched as he did for the rest of the game, would eventually lose his horse. Uh, and then from that point, it was basically a two to three round slog to bring down Boromir with Isildur going into him, me successfully losing priorities and then the roll-offs to unpin Boromir, which I was sort of thinking I would be able to do at least a turn or two in. And then um, once Boromir went down, because he was overexposed, the, the list fell apart and I started to try to break myself because I was on four, actually I was on all five of the objectives till basically the last two turns of the game. I was holding them off by shielding and then uh, strategically fainting and stabbing in other areas to, to break myself. But uh, I was one model short of breaking at one point. He took over the objectives and then uh, game ended and I was unfortunately 12-0 uh, in that game. So I haven't had a 12-0 in a very long time, but uh, that was a unfortunately rough round, but I will come out of it and say that I, I think that kicked me into gear and taught me a lesson and got my head straight in terms of how to play Boromir with the bar, uh, with the banner and focus. Uh, That's yeah. how you take the lance. Well, the lance <laughs> would have killed the high elf captain, I think, on the first turn, but that wouldn't have saved him. And also um, you wouldn't have had to fight five against the... Uh, against uh, the fight five didn't help me because he had the fight six at the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, so king so king. in that instance, uh, maybe it might have helped because he, he had a sealed with the ring. So that just halved my fight anyways. The fight seven didn't do anything. So there you have it, folks. The lance is better than the banner. Mm -hmm. You heard it here first. We need yes. to add like one of those one of those warnings. Like, the unexpected <laughs> podcast is not endorsed. <laughs> the opinions of Henry are opinions. Are, 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 are not necessarily the opinions. I uh, won't be the only one that comes up tonight. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, round two, I was fighting Larry, who was fighting the attack on Lothlorien legendary legion so we have the dragon emperor legendary legion against the attack on lothlorien legendary legion uh from defense of the north and we were playing um capturing control so we basically kind of like set up in the front line and he had kind of encased his force um a large chunk of his force kind of within some ruins so it was gonna be hard for him to get out so i was like all right i'm just gonna come forward and i'm gonna punch him in the face um, which I proceeded to do, and I had my, you know, my master plan of coming up and taking a file of, because he was pretty wide, yeah, it was a 50 model army, um, and, uh, you know, so my plan was to come up and take uh, one file of um, pikemen and punch it into the two guys, and um, then, uh, you know, trust to winning on the fight value and then chewing him apart. Um, so I proceeded to execute this plan, kind of pushed him in, and then discovered during the course of the uh, to wound rolls that followed that I had completely forgotten about the bonus this legion gets of when you outnumber an opponent, you get plus one to wound. As I proceeded to uh, my fight five um, black dragon was proceeded to lose to these fight value to uh, fight fight five bannered black dragon proceeded to lose to these fight value two <laughs> goblins all across the line and mowed me down. I lost like six or seven figures on the first turn of the game to this. Uh, and then subsequently said, I need a, this was a time when I said, I need a new plan. Mm. This plan is not working. <laughs> um, I did manage to kind of shift into gear and um, managed to withstand all his kind of invisible spider shenanigans 
um, took some da damage to the Dragon Emperor, but managed to kind of uh, get through and get stuff tied down. Um, ended up on a fight with a Black Dragon Cataphract, charging a spider with one wound left on one objective at the end of the game. Lost that, lost that objective. And then my other cunning plan to get um, the third objective and hence uh, the victory was he had very carefully kind of boxed me out um, where I wasn't going to have enough move to get onto the last objective to take it until I ran around behind one of his figures, charged it, and then fervently hoped to lose because I was in a position to be able to back up onto the objective. Um, moved in and, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my black dragon or I think it was a, I think it was a regular guy proceeded to faint to get the fight value under try and get the fight value underneath. Uh, I can't remember if it was an or I think it was an orc. I was I know where this story is going. Yeah, um, and proceeds to roll a six. Of mm. course, you know the one time you don't want a six is the time that you get it. But I said, "Aha! I have a banner. I will roll this again," <laughs> and I roll another six. <laughs> so. The one time in my life I have ever tried to use a banner to roll less than uh, what I got, I fell miserably. So I thought you were going to say that you stabbed yourself and killed yourself. No, 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 no. I was I was definitely feigning. That's that wasn't that wasn't the problem. Um, the problem was I proceeded to win the combat despite my best efforts. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was I think that ended up being like a four six. It was one of those games where. You know, depending on how those two came out, somebody was going to be six four to the other person, mm -hmm. and I lost that mm -hmm. one. So, but all right, go ahead, Nick. So in my second game, um, also capturing control, I was up against Nick, who was playing bears, and bears are um, already uh, we've seen I think three bears lists across across the qualifier and the masters so far. They seem to be like a, a audience choice. To, to win everything, they're like they seem to be the most fun list out there. Essentially, um, there were 14 models, so the two bears and like 12 thornings. Um, so I outnumbered my opponent very heavily at the start, but um, as soon as the battle started, uh, I essentially well my my troops were being eaten by bears left, right, and center. So um, I managed to kill some bearings. I managed to control all the objectives. Um, and I was basically hoping that the game would end on turn one after after he breaks, because every additional turn would mean the bears would just destroy me completely. So um, there was a turn when um, I managed to surround the bear and win a fight, and I had 30 dice to wound, and I failed to wound. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good at 18. Henry's good at that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a recurring thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure if I, if I had the lands, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I had um, my, my Theodred, who had been dismounted by a bear in the previous turn, um, he, had, uh, he basically had to charge a bear for three turns running. Um, and then my, my other guys were also charging. So there were 18 attacks from normal guys and, and six with rerolls from Theodred, and everything failed. Um, so I managed to control all the objectives and break him um, whilst also uh, getting broken. So um, the game ended uh, on the first turn after breaking. So I managed an 11-1, but I feel like had I uh, had we played another turn or two, then it would have swiftly gone the other way and because my, my army was about to disintegrate. <laughs> all right, so my game two, um, I was drawn on table one, which 
By the way, my first random draw was also on table one. Keep, keep this table one stuff in mind. Um, uh, so basically what ended up happening is I was drawn against a Polish guy who was also playing Angmar. So it was an Angmar off. Um, and we had relatively similar lists, but they were different in some ways. Uh, he, his captain was mounted and his witch king was on a big flappy fell beast. Um, also, all of his orcs has, had shields, meaning that um, his shieldmen obviously had shields, and his spear and shieldmen, uh, well, his spearmen had shields. Did they have lances? Uh, yes, they had lances, which is a little bit weird because they don't get yeah. any benefits from them. <laughs> um, and uh, my spearmen did not have shields. And uh, in return, I had a banner and 38 models while he had 31. So I had the model advantage. Um, but I was absolutely terrified going into that game because, in my opinion, uh, in the mirror match, the orcs don't really matter, at least from what I've found, because they never charge each other because both sides cause terror and everybody's courage won. So, in my mind, he has two flappy things. I have one flappy thing. Uh-oh. Um, but uh, we deployed in capturing control, so we deployed basically on two objectives, just sort of spreading our lines out to face each other, and all of our um, cool spooky stuff was uh, all sitting behind our lines, ready to charge in on the next turn. And then I won priority, which um, would usually in that type of mirror match be a bad thing because the opponent can react to you. Um, but in this particular sense, uh, being proactive was actually very useful. One, because he had actually stacked both of his uh, monsters on top of a, of a house, which meant that I couldn't charge them with my monsters, but it also meant that effectively their three-inch terror bubble um, was stacked on top of each other. So he only had a three-inch terror bubble and not like the massive, um, uh, the massive terror bubbles that both Gulivar and the Witch King would have. So a lot of my orcs could actually charge in and then a very important um, move happened on that turn where one of my specters goes, grabs Gulivar, has it, uh, makes him make a courage test, and Gulivar botches. Um, and he botches by two. So my opponent has a bit of a think. Um, and it was either, do I spend my two will points and potentially get compelled by the Witch King, or do I allow you to move me? So his thought process um, was to not resist because if I pulled him forward into my lines, his Gulivar could call a heroic defense. However, I chose not to do that. Instead, I took Gulivar and just moved him straight backwards, which effectively meant that Gulivar was out of the game for two turns, which was huge because obviously Gulivar is your main damage dealer. Um, in retrospect, he should have definitely spent those two will because I couldn't really compel Boulevard into any position where he's particularly vulnerable. Um, so that was the first pretty big play of the game. And then we did some shuffling around. Um, I was very much ahead on kills because uh, I had a Witch King on horse and a Gulivar charging in and killing stuff, while his Witch King was just kind of skirting around the outskirts, trying to stay away from Gulivar so he doesn't get charged and killed. Um, and then uh, the second key moment happens, and it's uh, the turn before his Gulivar gets back into combat. So this is turn this is turn two. Um, the Witch King moves over, charges a Spectre in the back, 
my Golovar comes in. My Golovar has one point of might um, and calls a heroic combat. And at this point, he's very close to breaking. Um, so he decides, it's all right. turn two and you're close to breaking. Yeah, it was it was either turn two or turn three, but it was it was nasty. Um, we were just destroying each other um, in fights just because of how aggressive uh, Angmar is. I call a combat. And instead of what you would predict from the Witch King when a Gulabar is going to combat into you, you'd predict a strike. Um, but he actually went, okay, I'm not doing too well in this game. I'm going to try and claw it back and calls a heroic combat with the Witch King. And ah, like, the, the... Okay, the it's going to be a 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I won the 50-50. And I'm like, yes, I've got this. Oh, no. Classic Lord of the Rings game. Orc rolls a six. <laughs> I roll a five. I'm out of might. I lose to the orc. The witch king combats, <laughs> charges a guy on my back objective, takes my back objective. All right, then. Um, so things got a lot harder from there. Um, while I did end up breaking him on the next turn, he ended up being in control of one of the side objectives. Uh, he, his specters managed to pull off my guys that were trying to take it. Uh, he was in control of his back objective my back objective now um and then i was uh we were still fighting over the center one and then i firmly had that other objective in control and then what ended up happening was i had a plan on the final turn of the game where i'm like okay so i have one objective i had just one in the center basically so i could get the second objective there there's no way for me to get either my back objective or his back objective, except with Gulbar. But the only person with might was my captain, which means if I called a heroic move and won it, I couldn't get the captain in a position where Gulbar could get to the objective. And he had called a move with his Gulbar. So I only had one option which was to bank on his Gulivar failing his break test. And then my, and then because I had priority and he called a heroic move and we're just like staring at the dice, like waiting. Um, his Gulivar for reference has one will left, his courage four down to courage three because of Harbinger, rolls the dice. I think it was like a one and a two. Nice. His Gulivar ran. My Gulivar jumped onto his back objective, killed the specter, <laughs> and I won seven four. That was Gulivar hit. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was a nail biter. It was rough. Mm. Those are the best sorts of one when it comes down to uh, people running away from the battlefield yes. on objectives. <laughs> it's uh, when it comes down to a two hundred point model <laughs> spontaneously dying. But that's the best way to kill those sorts of models. Is just yeah. break the army and then watch them break run the away. Army and pray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Henry, you're you're round three. Uh, so I actually had a similar sort of thing when it came to waiting for big models to just run away of their own accord. Um, I played Michael. Um, lovely guy who was playing Mordor led by a troll chieftain um, with a troll drummer. Uh, he then had a captain leading some guys. Uh, oh, what else did he have? Um, oh, a mouth of Sauron because he had a bit of magic in there just with them Moranans and Mordor orcs. Uh, the scenario for context was uh, Reconnoiter or Reconnoiter. I can never figure out how it is. It's, it's Reconnoiter. Reconnoiter. It's Reconnoiter? Yes. Yeah, it lovely. That's how we pronounce it. Uh, so in Reconnoiter, uh, we go for table edges and the game starts as normal and he can match me basically for warband for warband, but he's 
um, distribution of wall bands will be more strong than mine will be um, because I've got more points um, sunk into borrow me. So on the far left flank, I've dropped Madrill as my first drop so that my Maelstrom Battle rolls are better because Madrill's on the board. Um, he then matches in the middle with his Mouth of Sauron. Uh, I then drop Curran on slightly to the right flank on the further away from Madrill. Um, he then drops center again. Uh, and then I drop Boromir center as well. So we're sort of covering the whole board. We have the ability to, um, but where it will matter where the decisive clash will be is actually on the far left flank between the Moranin captain and the 12 mortal guys, uh, mortal orbs, versus my Madrill with four rangers. Because in the center clash, that will be what it will be. It will be a fight. We'll see if you can get through, but we're both infantry based, so it'll be difficult to try to get guys through. Um, but he's outnumbering me, what, three to one on the other flank. So I decided to sit back with Madrill and take the turns to shoot, um, to whittle him down, got maybe three guys, uh, then used an important piece of fence line and some paddock that was half movement to basically over the course of this game, slowly whittle down this entire warband of four rangers and Madrill, using Madrill's might uh, to uh, win key fights and then get the kills and um, managed to hold them up for the whole game. Uh, and in the center, it was basically just a, a dice of. And because of the lessons that I learned in the second game, I was far more reserved in this uh, game. Uh, actually, the Troll Chieftain ended the game with two points of might and Boromir ended with five points of might, which has never happened to me ever before in my life. But I can tell you, there was not a circumstance where it was needed. Uh, by the time Boromir had gotten through the lines, because he was, Boromir was in the centre, right next to a Mordor troll, uh, with the Mouth of Sauron there. So I was having to balance out the transfixes uh, with my will reserve, with my will reserves, um, and I didn't really feel inclined to go into the troll um, on foot because he had been hit by a hurl by this point. Um, I didn't feel inclined to go in against a troll where I could just get rendered. Um, I was happy to let this troll get charged with one model a turn. I had plenty of bodyguard. I didn't mind tying this thing up whilst Huron was on the other flank, tying up the Troll Chieftain in a similar fashion. Uh, and I was slowly killing his models far quicker than he was killing mine. Um, basically, a few turns in, he breaks. Um, I start just letting the Troll Chieftain and the Troll take courage test whilst pinning his uh, mouth and the captain on the other flank. And I just watch as his whole army disintegrates. And when the game ended, I think on the first or second turn after break, uh, I was one turn away from getting three guys off the board edge. So, um, in fact, it was the first turn that it rolled a one or two. So it ended, that one ended up, I think, it might have been a 2-0 or maybe a little bit more than that. Um, but I, neither of us got anybody off the board edges, but I certainly got break. Uh, and I think leader kills might have been a bit more. Um, that would be 5-0. Yeah, I think, I think it might have been around there. Um, yeah, one of the trolls ran away at least. Um, so, yeah, that was how that one ended up. And uh, that sort of restored my confidence a bit. Michael was a lovely guy and a great person to play against. And uh, sort of was starting to get my groove a little bit more in terms of my subtlety of the movements, um, just my deployment and uh, just my game style in general. Got my confidence back. Um, so my game three, I played against Ben, um, who proceeded to uh, hit me in the face with a two by four. Um, so we were, again, playing Reconnoitre. Uh, and he had a list consisting of a Witch King on horse, a uh, Orc Captain who was running around there, um, a, and then uh, Razdouche, or whatever the, the new hero is. The elf guy? Yeah, the guy that hates elves but can bring bats. Um, and he had, a, he had a bat in his, uh, in his list. 
uh, and he also had Grishnak with a warband. So I think there were like 40 orcs. Um, uh, so he outnumbered me uh, and he did exactly the right thing he should have done for Reconnoiter, which is basically deploy like warband on the left, warband on the center left, warband on the center right, and warband on the right, and just kind of mm. proceed to walk across the board. So, you know, I had two choices here. I could either try and just gang up the way I usually fight in a narrow phalanx, try and punch my way through, and then kind of run off the board and let him, you know, you know, basically try and try and break him and kill his leader and get some guys off to limit the the number of points he got off and take it by points, or I could try and spread out to try and meet him and stop him. I chose the latter plan. It was the wrong plan. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's a plan I'm going to execute again with the with the Easterlings. You know, I, I was able to kind of spread out and check him off and hold it. And we were kind of doing this cagey stuff in the middle. But in order to do that, I had to put the Dragon Emperor in the front line. And you know, he tried. He was trying to draw me out with the Witch King. I was trying to tremor the Witch King off of his mount and drain his will. He finally gets a compel off on a four against the Dragon Emperor to bring him forward three inches, where he has Grishnak and somebody else uh, waiting, and then can charge in with the Witch King. Um, and I said, "It's a four. I'm going to have to endure this for a few more turns. I can get away with the magic resistance and the one die because I've still got." I think I had two might at that point with the uh, Dragon Emperor. And of course, I roll a three on the resistance to magic check and a one with the uh, resistance I roll. So I get pulled out. The bat. Can you not might resistance mm. magic? No, you cannot match. Oh, that's an interesting I distinction. Not, you know, I've never that. Wait, wait, noted that. Wait, before. wait hold on. Dude, no, you, you can, can might fortify spirit, right? Yeah. I don't think you can. Doesn't that's it just stand there you get an extra roll? No, the reason you roll the dice separately is oh, if you God, roll. I will use this. <laughs> no, I, I am, I am, I. All right, I am like ninety-nine percent certain that you cannot. Might I am ninety-nine percent certain you can. I'm, I'm on Evans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it just gives you an extra dice because this. You roll. You roll. You, you roll because if you if you roll yeah. a six on the natural one, then you get it back. Yeah. But if you roll a six on the resistance to magic one, you don't get it back. Yeah. So so you always have to roll uh. separately, but you can mine both. <laughs> <laughs> Experience live, a man having a mental breakdown. <laughs> okay, all right. On. So anyway, I lost that game um, yeah. after the Dragon Emperor went down and the army went down. Apparently, in a circumstance where I could have used my to save myself, and um, he chose not to. Yeah, <laughs> he, he chose um, to give the opponent the win out of yeah. the goodness of his heart. Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, you just wanted to play doubles with it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah. So I ended up getting 12-0 on that one, and uh, that's been a long time since I've been 12-0. Um, oh, you and I hitting all the sorts of the yeah, same exactly. bets, you know, man. Losing games because you don't know rules. Right. And yeah, exactly. 12-0. Mick and I talk at the same time. Well, well, no, like I was about to say that history is written by the winners, mm. and so I'm gonna let Evan talk about okay. it first. Okay, <laughs> so then I'm gonna see how, much, how against, much is true and how much is false. So I played against uh, this this weird guy, Mick. Um, he he was like huge, huge jerk. <laughs> um, he was so unpleasant to play against. The and worst. Like, honestly, it was the worst game. Yeah. Um, I, I think I no, it's the worst game I've played ever. Ever in my entire life, it was horrible. Um, oh, he was nasty. I think I'm just the one. So guy. in reconnoiter. <laughs> yeah, you're um, you're the one who. So you're we, not the one who just realized that he. <laughs> he, he lost the game. Lost and, yeah, that's right. Bonchelli <laughs> lost the game because well, he 
had a wrong conception of how it might work. Well, I sort of lost the game because I had a wrong conception of, of how many microns there were left on the mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we both deployed pretty spread out. Um, he had uh, like two more models than me. Um, so we were roughly even. Um, so I had one warband on the left side. He had a bunch of elves and stuff on the left side as well. This is my left, by the way, because I won. So I get to dictate that. Um, and then uh, I deployed all of my fancy boys on the right um, with the Witch King and Gulivar. And actually the captain wandered over to the right side as well. So all of my heroes were over there. Um, and my other warband was just kind of chilling. Um, and I played very cagey with Gulvar in the first couple of very turns. Very cagey. 29 and a half inches from Legolas every yep. single every turn. Every single turn. Yeah, I did not <laughs> I did not wish to be shot, and I was not shot. No. Um, and then uh, at one point, I think it was when you had won priority, uh, I went for a big march push on the right side, just push forward, managed to, uh, I think it was, I spectered a guy forward or I compelled one of those yes. two. Yes, I, I basically made a major mistake in this game by by not sniping the second step spectre, which I, yeah. I then figured out that it probably cost me the game. Yes, that spectre did a lot later on. <laughs> spectre um, did that. Yes, <laughs> um, and uh, the Gulivar went in and started uh, beating up a couple of guys. He wasn't killing a ton, but you know he was doing some damage. Um, you were doing, okay in your shooting okay. uh you were getting a couple of kills not a ton um uh i was pushing forward on the left you were kind of playing a bit more casually back there just trying to prevent me from getting off the edge and then uh i think uh i think it was probably a mistake um but uh it was sort of hard to prevent i left the center wide open so you just started pushing your cavalry right through there um and then and that's when the spectre came in. Yeah. <laughs> so one writer of Rohan just had the absolute worst luck. And I think yes. got spectred like once or twice and just could not move forward that, at all. That writer of Rohan was pretty much in the middle of the board, then got spectred back 10 inches. The next turn went forward 10 inches to then get spectred back 10 inches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, effectively, but also um, since. Um, because, uh, sort of because of how, how the priorities worked, I kind of end up going back, then not really regaining enough, then going back again. It was almost like you were uh, kind of taking away like 20 or 30 inches from my cap yeah. <laughs> with this one spectrum. Yeah. Um, and so he also tried to push another rider of Rohan through, who unfortunately <laughs> also got spectred, I'm yeah. fairly sure. Yeah. Um, and then he was out of it. Yes, yeah, so there's so one spectre actually. Your, 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 <laughs> your final chance was getting does. Legolas off. Um, yes. And there was a situation where, uh, well, first off, uh, boring stuff, we fought for a bit. Um, yeah. He was doing, I'd say, a bit more damage to me than I was to him. Yeah. Um, so you were much closer to breaking me than I was. Yeah, I was like seven, seven miles away from breaking yeah. me. Yeah. Theodred got eaten by um, and on a very pivotal turn, uh, Legolas had already moved. Um, the Witch King had charged, Witch King and a guy had charged into uh, one random Rohan warrior, um, just sort of pretty far away from Legolas, I'd say like 14, 15 inches away. Mm -hmm. um, and Gulivar and a bunch of guys had just charged in on a mightless fern as well. So I had a couple options. I could have called a combat with Gulivar to try and hunt down Legolas, but if I lost priority, then there's nothing I could do because Gulivar 
only had one might left, and that would have been the might on the heroic combat. What Mick thought I was going to do, because I had two might, he thought I had two yes. might with the Witch King, was call a combat with the Witch King, yeah, move him in range of Legolas, yeah. and then, and so and then call a heroic him. move, yeah. which Legolas could not counter because Legolas was out of might. But I'm like, oh God, I have one might left. I can't, I can't stop Legolas. I have to hope for priority next turn. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I just won the combat with the Witch King. Um, I had a might point remaining, and I decided to go big with Golovar. I combated off of her and then got within 12 inches of the board edge. Mm -hmm. um, and then next turn, uh, I lost priority, um, which was pretty big. Um, but the Witch King did have a might point left, so he called a move, mm -hmm. called a compel on Legolas, got that six, and Legolas was unable to resist with his two will. Pulled him over, surrounded him with like six orcs or something like that. But Gulivar got pinned before he could go off the board edge. Yes. So, however, just before that happened, um, the reason why Legolas was even like in range of all that stuff happening was because I decided to move five in order to shoot the horse from your Witch King so that you're not going to be able to hurry combat and get yes. close to Legolas. <laughs> and Legolas is what you're going to do. So had I then realized that he didn't have the mic, I would have just like walked five extra and, and gotten myself safely out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you're saying is I lost the game because I had a misconception about the rules and you lost the game because you can't count. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I think by although, technicality. Although I'm pretty sure you had two mic points and I think you miscounted. I controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Legolas ended up uh, fluffing that combat yes. against the six orcs and then and just got absolutely <laughs> smacked yeah. um, and killed. Yeah. And then we played one more turn where I managed to and win Gullivar. priority. Gullivar went flappy flap off yeah. the board edge. So I got one off, he got zero off. And then the rest of my guys just ran because yeah. he was, you were decently close to breaking it. Maybe yeah, like yeah. four or five yeah. off. So. I, think, I think generally, had, had it not been for the one Spectre, my two various Rohan would have run off. And I probably would have found This is why you should have inspected Nick. I should be out of Spectre, but not this one. But yeah, it was it was super close and a super fun game. So yeah. all that. Um we on to round four. Uh yeah, yeah. round round four. Final round. So yes, the final round. Uh scenario was destroy the supplies. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So um in this game it featured another Bayorning list, uh fan favorite, as I said earlier. Um I was playing against, uh, I think it might have been another Jim actually, a Swedish fellow. Um, sorry, again, maybe Jim. Uh, it's the second person. I think I've actually may have played against two Jims, but anyway. Um, he was playing the Bionians, um, the little one, what's his name? Grim. Grimbjorn. Grimbjorn, that's it. And then the big one. We can call him little. Uh, he's little. littler than the big one, though. Isn't that much uh, less threatening, though? Be quiet, Grim Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so you mean more threatening? <laughs> uh, so destroy the supplies. So I'll just lay out the scene for those of you who perhaps don't know the scenario for whatever reason. It's uh, three scenario, uh, three objectives evenly placed 12 inches from your back board edge. Um, and then the opponent has the same. Those are your supplies. The idea is to keep yours safe whilst, break, whilst destroying theirs. Uh, model has to stay in base contact with it uh, at the end of the turn to burn it. So obviously I was at an advantage at the start of the game playing against such a low numbers army. Um, and I actually have quite a few bows in my list. I have 11 bows plus mandrels. 
So I elected to put Madril on a far flank um, to first of all see where he half of his army was, and he dropped directly opposite me, uh, me with Grimbay on. And uh, he had a couple of big bows, which I was a bit scared of, but I wasn't planning on actually shooting with those guys. Um, and the idea was that I would then drop Boromir on the far right flank to counter Bayon coming down on the right flank. So he's evenly divided on two sides. And I had a nice clear open field where I was going to sit there and use my seven bows and just shoot out his Bayonings as much as possible. They're only defense four, so you can get reasonably reliably. Uh, I was expecting to kill one uh, or maybe two by the time combat was joined. And uh, Boromir would just sit at the back and come in when the time was needed. And his whole purpose this game is to hit two Bayonings a turn and kill them. Not even heroic combat, just hit two and kill them. And if he could keep uh, Bayon locked up with bodyguards and then move up to the objective off the back, I was happy to put Boromir towards that task. Um, and then I had Huron in the middle in range of Madril's march. Turn one, I marched up with Madril, kept my other flank with Boromir sitting still to shoot. And uh, he came at me with both flanks. Um, so I had to do a bit of trickery by staying eight inches out. And he actually um, went wide, which I think was a mistake on his behalf because it left me able to, in the middle, uh, shift from the left flank with Madril and Huron, hit some of his Bayonings, combat with Huron, and send a knight to his middle objective. Um, so from turn three, I think I was had the advantage with the objectives. And then basically the game... Uh, was a dice off down the right flank with Boromir and Bayon never fighting but trying to get the heroic moves to then just tie him up with one model a turn. He wasn't combating and uh, I was finding that I was able to win those combats and maybe even, I think I even took a couple of wounds off him. Uh, I just locked down the objectives, um, broke his army and then uh, tied up Grim Bayon and Bayon for the rest of the game, burnt all his objectives and I think I came away from that one with a didn't get leader kill, got the break, uh, didn't lose any objectives and I kept a banner and burnt all of his objectives. I don't know what those points would be. So you didn't lose any objectives? I didn't lose any objectives. So I didn't get so leader kills. It would be 10, 10 nil, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. You, you had yeah. a banner, you broke yeah. them, and you yeah. got 16 nil. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think I got all, I think I got all of his objectives. Um, so anyway, that game ended there. And so I ended the tournament with uh, uh, two proper wins, uh, two losses at the start um sorry and i think i placed actually, actually ended up being six overall out of the 17. so with the two big wins i think that sort of got me and the technical win in the first round because i was playing against the gumby um that actually shot me up a couple of places perhaps undeservedly but uh, i finished with a sixth place and uh wasn't terribly unhappy with that day because i think it got my my brain focused and i ended the day feeling more confident than i started so yeah that was game four so my fourth game was also against oh, Bjorning. <laughs> you were on the table next to me, weren't you? Yeah, I was on the table next to you. And, um, did you have as much fun as I did? Yeah, I did. So this was, uh, you know, so this was my 32-figure army with cavalry and a drum against his, you know, 14-figure army, two of which were bears. So I went into this deciding I was just going to lead his bears on a merry chase. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because, you know, with the drum, my foot moved faster than his bears. Um, so I had no intention of fighting any bears at any point during, <laughs> during this game, unless, you know, I had to screen it off from something else. Um, I think he had a bear and some guys in the center, a bear and some guys on the left, 
and then he just had some some guys uh, over on the right. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start on the right. Um, so he sends his bears up the middle. I send one guy out. He, he turns into a bear. He runs forward. He's running forward towards my objective. And I send one guy, you know, kind of like over to the, uh, and then most of my army starts to move, you know, forward and to the right. But, you know, I, and I left some, you know, kind of cores of guys back so that a couple of branding the earnings wouldn't be enough to take my objectives. Um, so he sends, uh, he sends Bjorn like straight down the middle. I take a guy, I move him, you know, kind of eight inches over to the left. So I'm, so Bjorn's the only one Bjorn can charge. So Bjorn's going to get sucked um, uh, over to the left, where he's also with Grim Bjorn. And we've got two bears on one side of the board, and the rest of my army is wreaking havoc on the other side. Um, and uh, my opponent, Nick, uh, comes up with a brilliant strategy to deal with this plan. He can, he transforms Bjorn from a bear back into a human. Wait, he transformed from the bear back, back to into a man. human so that he is no longer being sucked up by that guy and he runs in the opposite direction to the right to try and intercept me and stands next to a building um it, and my guys had still yet to go he had he had priority and i had done the drum so i was able i had enough move with my nine inches to basically i couldn't charge him but i could move guys up and basically kind of surround him one inch you know one inch away so he's standing next to the building and there were some uh, and there were some guys there. Um, so that's how we ended the turn. And then my cavalry went around and started, you know, basically going after the supplies. The next turn, my guys move into the supplies. And basically, they, they move up, pin all of his guys surrounding the supplies. I get a cavalry around the back to actually kill the supplies. There's way, way, one way to deal with this problem. His plan is to change into a bear, um, do a heroic combat, get into another guy, and then throw it through my cavalry that's standing on the supplies. Oh, um, and he says, all right, I'm going to change into a bear and I'm going to push your guys back. And, Aha, I said. I am not only a listen listener to, but I am a participant in the Unexpected Podcast. And I distinctly remember a 15 to 20 minute conversation that everybody but me said was taking far too long on the new FAQ that just came out that states plainly that you cannot push people back if one of the things in, your, in the circle of... Uh, uh, your bear is a terrain piece. Ooh. And I look down and say, he's standing next to the building. And Nick looks down at the building and goes, you're right. I can't transform. Um, so everybody who suffered through that 15-minute discussion we had on Bjorn not being able to transform, if there's a terrain piece in his oh. circle and he was otherwise hemmed in by uh, figures and not being able to push them back, there was a point to it. It actually helped me win a game. Oh. Pretty sure that's incorrect, though. No, it's. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you, see, you see the rules, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I think what Jay is talking about is a different situation. Um, this is a situation where you were hemmed in. One of the things you were hemmed in by is a train piece, and so basically, if you transform, yeah. um, you would have to, you know, either push yourself away from the train piece. Push the train piece oh, yeah, away from like, you. Yeah, but like you don't have to transform with the move in the middle of your base. Yes, you do. No, you don't. In this situation, the FAQ no. says explicitly you must put VR in the center of the base. Okay. And if you cannot do that, if you cannot place it there because there's a train piece, you cannot transform. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that. Yeah. I, I can't Ooh. quote you on it on it right now, but yeah. I'll check. I'll check. Yeah, find the FAQ. And well, you lost one game because you didn't know the rules, but then you won one because you did know the rules. I did know the rules. So you balanced yeah. out well. And I would point out that Nick had read the same FAQ and concurred with my reading. Uh, so yeah. There was no dispute between us about it. Yeah. 
Um, so he, uh, he did do the heroic combat. He did kind of break out of his encirclement, but he could not do it in bear form. He could not do it. Um, so, and the rest of the game kind of proceeded as you expect it would um, when a 32-figure army plays destroy the supplies against a 14-figure um, army where bears were led on merry chases. And, um, you know, occasionally, I, you know, I had, I had uh, Brogear running around with fury up. So occasionally he would tell one of the... Uh, one of the guards and you shout for the emperor and go jump in front of the bear and become a bear's chew toy for a turn um, to uh, to tie up the bear. But uh, nice. so that that ended that. Ended that. Um, um, so I got his supplies. He didn't get mine. Yeah. He did so, actually manage to get uh, no because I didn't do any damage to uh, the and he, I think, got a point because he did, he managed to do one wound to the Emperor before the Emperor kind of, mm -hmm. he, at one point he got, I think, Grimbiorn into the Emperor and got one wound and mm -hmm. the Emperor left after that. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, I think it was a nine with one in that, it was fun game. Nice. Hey, you mean you won nine as well? You, you I said, won you said nine one to Nick. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, yes, no, it's not a nine one. I, I, I prevailed over over Nick. Hmm. Uh, so my final game, uh, I was playing against um, a Last Alliance list with Isildur mounted, um, Kirdan, a an elf captain, and I believe thirty models in total. So just high elves. I think there were like four Rivendell knights, uh, some some uh, words of Numenor, and some high elves. I know that list. Yeah, so that was <laughs> I played it before. That was run by Peel. Uh, he's, a, he's a really nice guy. And um, yeah, we have uh, um, essentially, uh, because he had Kirdan, I basically abandoned all of my shooting from, 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 from the start of the game. I just pushed forward with everything. And uh, we got into fighting. Uh, I was trying to get into fighting as soon as possible because I really needed to uh, use my numerical advantage here. And um, everything was going really well for me. Uh, except I was just not able to grab any supplies. So uh, I managed to, uh, to break uh, Neil eventually. And um, what was happening was that he would plunk a single elf on top of two of his supplies. The third one was in the forest and kind of inaccessible to me because, because, because my nearby warriors didn't, didn't have a creature. But um, the two supplies I was really trying to get to, um, they were both just being defended essentially by like one or two elves. And one of them was always just standing directly on it. And uh, after being broken, he would pass his courage tests. He would then stand there. He would be surrounded. He would shield and he would force everybody to back away. Or whenever I, I'd win combat, I just wouldn't kill. And so it was a really frustrating moment of just trying to kill these, these two elves forever. And then suddenly there was a realization of if I actually kill him, uh, like if, if, I, if I kill someone, that I don't want to kill, other than these two elves, then um, the game is going to end because I'm going to quarter him. So um, we um, we essentially got to the situation where um, his uh, Isildur was causing major damage, almost breaking me, but my guys weren't really able to do very much other than just like try to try to sh try to shield against a few warriors, try to like not not reuse them twenty five percent before actually taking any of the supplies. Um, so uh, he had a banner. So for, for a very long time, it was a 2-2. Uh, then I luckily managed to get rid of the banner. So uh, I brought it into 2-0. Into 
And I was just constantly trying to score the additional VPs because I was conscious that um, being on, a, on three, three, three wins and a loss will mean that there will be three players on three wins and a loss and one player on four wins and only top three qualify. So I was worried that the two VPs from that tournament game are not going to be sufficient. So um, in the end, he denied me all possible VPs. And so I was convinced I was going to finish fourth in the tournament. Um, the game ended, ended up on being 2-0. And when they announced the final scoring, I actually managed to win um, in third by one victory point. <laughs> actually, qualified the last with 22 victory points over 21 of the, of the, of the person who finished fourth. <laughs> yeah. Who finished fourth? Well, we'll talk about well, it. Well, the person who um, ever managed yeah. to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, slight spoilers the there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I give Mick uh, all, of the, all of the privileges. Uh, I, I throw them down to your level. Anyways, um, so I was paired against uh, Larry, who I believe is the same guy you played. Larry, the, Larry of the Evil Bats and Spiders. Uh, he's also from Holland, but yes, of the Evil Bats and Spiders. Um, are you so, insinuating that's yet a third reason he's evil? <laughs> well, I was just saying, I mean, generally, if you hear evil bats and spiders, you think of Australia. Oh, that's so fair. Yes. I was just trying to clear any confusion. Um, so uh, starting off the game, it was, uh, what's it called? Destroy the supplies. Um, and he had 50 models and I had 38. And he had three spiders and two bats. So I was already a little terrified because all I had was one flappy gulivar, and that's basically it. So I had to, to come up with some sort of solution. And my solution was to run forward, cross my fingers, and hope for the best. Um, left a couple of guards back um, on the right objectives, because that's where he had deployed um, all of his creepy crawly things was on uh, my right side. Um, so I knew they were probably going to be going over that way. Um, and then I just sort of pushed forward and endured a couple of turns of Goblin Bowfire, which ended up taking, killing probably like three or four of my guys. So it wasn't a huge deal, but seeing as I was already at a numbers disadvantage, wasn't the best. Um, so we ended up hitting combat. Uh, Gulivar went in, killed some guys. Um, but I realized that I was not going to be able to defend myself against his push on the right with all of his fast moving models. So I'm like, okay, I need to severely redeploy Gulivar. So Gulivar is on far left corner of the board and all of his guys are running up far right. So I call a combat, I fly over, um, next turn I win a heroic move off um, and the Witch King transfixes a bat that Gulivar had just moved within 12 inches of. And then next turn, Gulivar charges into the bat, calls another heroic combat, burns through his might trying to win the combat because he lost, kills the bat, flies into a spider, kills the spider. I'm like, okay, I've relieved some pressure on that end. Now to the actual fight, uh, which was on his side of the board um, because he'd been sitting back and shooting at me. And for some reason, while Fight 5 Easterling simply cannot defeat um, Moria Goblins, uh, my Fight 3 Orcs definitely could. Fully qualified to do it. They just <laughs> crushed through the Goblins. That that Fight 3 was really paying dividends there. Yeah. Um, also, he didn't really have a lot of spears. Um, yeah, it didn't matter. 
He just well, needed, it didn't he just, matter again. He just needed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was basically fighting against a very weak uh, front line of goblin bowmen with um, a bunch of orc shieldmen. Cut through them. There were a couple of close calls where um, if he had won a heroic move off, he might have gotten both a bat and a spider in on the Witch King. And that would have been very bad news bears. Um, but luckily, I managed to win a couple of move roll offs. Um, my specters were doing spectery things. One of them pulled a spider back um, when it was my priority. So the spider was just like losing a bunch of. And then. Ooh, shame. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, uh, near the end of the game, there was a bat lurking around. But when I had uh, priority, despite uh, the bat having Drew's Hag's courage value, I managed to specter that bat away. And then it wasn't a problem anymore. Um, so basically what ended up happening is I just sort of crushed through his army. Bolivar was able to defend uh, my right side enough that he couldn't get any objectives. Um, so I ended up breaking him. And then on the last turn of the game, I managed to do some finagling um, to pin a couple of his guys and then just slide my orc um, onto one of his supplies and uh, destroy that supply. So I ended up winning 4-0. Uh, and um, I'm sorry, Larry, um, but him getting zero victory points meant that he was one victory point behind Nick. To be fair, you won 5-0 against me. So it was only fair that you wouldn't give him mm -hmm. any victory Nick, points yes. if he didn't give me any victory points. What he's saying, not only did he win tournament for himself, he also, he also won it for yes. you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. please be a little great. I expect praise here. Yeah, but I was as I was able to uh, win the tournament because uh, I was the only person on four wins. So well, I did I did not expect to do that well in the tournament. Um, through, throughout that game specifically, I was I must admit rolling very well. I was winning a lot of heroic move offs. Um, I won a couple of key priority rolls. You knew the rules. Really me out. I didn't know <laughs> the rules. That yeah. was very helpful. You, you, you counted mine correctly. I, yeah. <laughs> or perhaps I'm not. Fine. I'm I'm like, <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, obviously, my game against you was really close, and yeah. my game uh, game two was also really close. Yeah. So. It was a really tough tournament, but it was a whole lot of fun. And two of the unexpected podcast members managed to qualify. And one didn't. <laughs> uh, which, you know, was even more fun given that this unexpected podcast member was also my doubles partner. Mm. So uh, I was left without a doubles partner. Fortunately, at the end of the tournament, Henry comes walking up to, uh, to Sam and James and says, um, my doubles partner came in second. Hang on, hang on a minute. Like, hang on a minute. Why am I all despondent and feeble? <laughs> you seem kind of despondent. Your, your shoulders were hunched, your hands were together, and you were just saying, Please, may I, I have was a doubles tugging partner? Tugging on James' shit. <laughs> At which point I said, I can be a doubles partner. And he turned, he looked at me, his eyes went wide, and he the said, little, little hearts appeared in his yeah, eyes. He said, said Dad! <laughs> and so a new partnership was born. So, uh, yeah, so we came to the Devil's Tournament the next day, and uh, uh, Henry and I formed a team left at the altar um, and uh, uh, went forward in doubles while uh, Evan and Nick went forward in the Masters. So, we're going through day two. 
Yeah, so this is the day we are currently on. So you won't be getting the end of Masters until, um, I assume, whenever we record yeah. our next podcast. So why don't we go in reverse order? So we start with Evan, and we start with uh, Nick, and then Henry and I can talk, and we yes. can pretend that people actually care what we did at doubles. <laughs> well, they, they don't. Um, so <laughs> can, can I just quickly offer... Can I just quickly offer my apologies to Neil, by the way? It wasn't Jim that I played in my second game. It was Neil. So, sorry, Neil. You're a great opponent. Yeah. And can okay. I apologize uh, to Jim, um, whoever you are, that your dad just getting completely edited out of this podcast. Sorry. Well, no, that. my fourth, the fourth guy might have been Jim. So, there's still a Jim in contention. All right. So, but... Jim, you may or may not be getting edited out of this podcast. Sorry about it one way or the other. All right. Um... So we had a crazy pairing round one. I had never played this guy before. We played again. So Mitch, and I, Mitch and I drew round one um, into the death. And Mick, would you like to describe this game? Yeah, I wish I had a tribute with me. Or, um, or something else, maybe? Or, or a banner. Or a banner, yes. Or a lance. Because uh, it was I'll to the death. I had a banner. Oh, a lance would have helped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, essentially, it was the F, as Evan says. He had a banner, I didn't. He hid, I tried to kill him, and I didn't. And that was pretty much how it yeah. was. Um, Two hours later, neither there, of us was there were like a very convenient. There was a very convenient yes. set of terrain with, was it was one house. It was a house yeah, and then a, a fence. And a, like a fence and, and a field and another fence. And it was here. just this big divider across yeah. the board. And basically, when he'd go one way, I would go the other exactly. way, and then he well, he made a bit of progress, and you you did do some damage with shooting. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. Uh, but I I learned from my mistakes from day one, and I actually shot both specters as soon as yes. I could. <laughs> 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 Which actually I thought it significantly helped me not like not having my models running around and dying randomly. Yeah. But but in the end that wasn't sufficient and. Time just run out, and yeah, you were forced to like 10 models from breaking, something like that. So it was just letting it happen. Yes. And by the way, I, I tried not to slow play you. I hope. Oh, that, I know you did it again. Yeah, I, I, I oh, played we, have a fine, we have a fine slow play story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> you, you did the, the funny slow play. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was, it was like a completely fair, fair game. I was like, well, the only way for you to really win is if you, is if you stay back with your partner. Because like if you if you were to actually go forward and start engaging, chances like, are you break. Them. Yeah, like I have I have fifteen balls, I have eight runner spears, yeah. I I outnumber you. Like I would probably break your and, Yeah, and it's it's masters, so it's not a risk yeah. I really want to take. Um, yeah, so it's fine. So ended up being a two zero win to me, yeah. and um, Mick will Mick swears he beats he will beat me one day. Yeah, well. <laughs> My, my my time has passed. I've, I've passed the You're an old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Maybe someday you'll beat me. <laughs> my time has passed farther. Uh, okay, so why don't we talk since, since both of you have just, now had just your speak, oh, yeah. just going to interrupt here. Uh, you are leaning in front of Mick's beautiful face. Oh, I am. All right. Sorry, Mick. Because you were about to start speaking. All right. We don't want all the women to start complaining. So I'll back up. <laughs> um, all right. So round one, uh, Henry and I played against uh, Jake and Alex. Cool, uh, you've got the names there. I've got the names. Getting here, anybody yep. else wrong. Uh, yeah, and this we were playing uh, double scenario six, which is the dual of wit scenario, which for those who are unfamiliar with the double scenario, and there may be a few of you out there, uh, is one where um, uh, 
your teams start basically on opposite quarters of the battlefield, but not within 12 inches of the center of the battlefield. Your opponent's teams start on kind of the opposite quarters. So uh, in this case, you know, looking from my perspective, I was starting in the lower left. Uh, Henry was starting in the upper right, and our opponents were starting in the upper left and the lower right. Uh, they brought an army that was equal parts Mordor with, I think, a uh, with Shagrat. I can go over that bit. If yeah, you want. sure. Shagrat on foot, uh, Kadush, uh, and a mounted ring road with the base. Do, do you stats. mind if you say that Shams name again, please? Kadush. 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 Oh, whatever. It's Australian. They don't pronounce ours. Kadush. Uh, <laughs> Come on, that's much better. And on, on the other side, it was an archive list that had, I think, Lurts and Shagrat and some Ward Riders and a whole bunch of archive pikes. and Pretty simple list, I'll, yeah, I'll be honest. Pretty yeah. simple list. Um, and uh, the, the board was kind of strange because it was one of those in Gilead Ruin boards. And the way it was kind of set up, it almost created like mm. uh, it, it created like a cage match in the center of there's the board. There's a courtyard in the middle. Yeah, yeah, there's a courtyard in the middle that was essentially where the area, you know, the 12. Uh, anyway, for this scenario to work, but what you do is each person secretly picks one hero from the other side in either army. Um, and uh, that is their target. And then at the end of the game, you do a big reveal where you try where you reveal who you picked. And if you kill the guy that you picked, uh, you get points. And if they manage to keep that hero alive and he is within six inches of the middle of the board, they get points. Mm. So the, the idea here is to try and kill your targeted heroes and um, try and get the heroes that are targets to the center of the board. But you don't know who they've targeted. Don't so know who they are. it almost yeah. becomes in the latter end of the game just to get all your heroes within six inches of the center of the board. Right. That's what you're trying to do. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then you know, and then you know, you're trying you're trying to kill one hero, and the other guy's trying to kill the other hero, and you don't know how you're coordinating. Um, and uh, so anyway, basically there was this kind of box in the middle of the board that had four entrances: one in the north, one in the south, one in the east, one in the mm -hmm. west. Um, and uh, we each kind of basically, I think here, why don't you it, say it what was, happened? It was actually happened in the north. Sure, it was actually an interesting setup for this scenario because I played it a couple of times, and what seems to actually happen most of the time is that um. There's combat turn one because they'll deploy right in each other's faces, at least on one edge. Uh, what we did was actually everyone had their own space. Everyone didn't want combat turn one. We were pretty close on my end up on the northern board edge. Um, we were not within charge range, but what there was, there was two pieces of terrain that basically formed uh, a wedge, like a V-shape that led into the courtyard, and there was a narrow little gap. And uh, I looked at that and I saw that um, Matthew's army with the drum was up on the southern side. So I knew that he would drum into the center space because there wasn't any train blocking his way. So I decided that my entire job would be to block off the uh, open point between these two terrain pieces that I could anchor in between. Um, he won priority, I believe, turn one, and just moved forward. Uh, yes. I and then, yes, right. didn't quite seize, this, seize the terrain piece. And then instead of engaging, I took this terrain piece. and. Um, the full phalanx, if I had to go on parkour, wouldn't have taken up the whole space. So I did something that I like to do with pikes that I've learned from my Isengard list. And it's um, basically where you space out. So oh, there's... by the way, in, in doubles, we're playing the Eastern Eastling Legendary Legion again. Yes. So it's very Sorry. similar to what I ran the day before. The only difference being that um, instead of Roar Gear, we had the Dragon Knight and then we had some more figures. 
And Bratabi, or do you have Bratabi? I have Bratabi. Oh, okay, cool. All right, that's the difference then. So uh, I'll, we should probably actually say that you're controlling the Dragon I've Emperor. Got, I've got the Emperor and... And the and drum, and then I've got the Ratabi and Dragon Knight with uh, some guys. So Dragon Knight goes up behind just through a doorway, like one of the little uh, ruined doorways. Um, and then I plug the gap using the um, method that I use when I have to cover a lot of space with a pike wall, which is basically um, you do them diagonally, and then you leave just enough space so they can't charge a model into the, the spear sport, but you can that way cover a lot more space. And then where the line gets hit, you can then filter through your pike supports to where you get engaged. So I use that method to um, fill up the space and uh, put Ritabi in the front. And then for the rest of the game, my entire job was to just simply sit there and take hits from Shagrat, uh, Kadoosh, uh, and uh, the Ring Wraith, uh, Kadoosh. And um, yeah, it uh, went pretty well. But uh, I'll go hand over to you for the first few turns of right. your side of the board edge, if you'd like. So what, what happened with me is I just, he, he, my opponent did not start anywhere near me. Um, so I had the luxury of just banging the drum and just kind of like running into the center of the board um, with, with basically all of my force. At which point, uh, Lurt and his or uh, Shagrat or I'm not Shagrat. Uh, what's that? Uh, Sharku. Sharku. Uh, Sharku was trying to uh, you know swing around and do cavalry things and come in through a hole, so I let him do that. Lurt and his little phalanx um, uh, started to come through the gap on the I guess it would be the eastern side of the board um, and starts to come through. And sees basically phalangites to the right of him, a dragon emperor dead in center, dead in center in front of him, and then phalangites to the left of him. And I see him pause, and I see him go, "Should I go into this or should I not?" <laughs> and uh, what what I knew and he didn't was that I had picked Lurtz as the person to kill because I figured Lurtz was going to be leading the charge mm -hmm. wherever he was. Um, so he's sitting there contemplating. I'm just I'm just standing there. I'm just kind of staring off into the distance. And I go. And he realizes I'm doing this. He looks over at me and he just bursts out laughing. He goes, All right, I'm coming. And <laughs> pushes his figure into the center of the board. Um, and where, you know, of course, the trap. We should, we should probably explain this particular taunt um, to those uh, who may not be aware. Who are people who are unaware of chickens? Who doesn't know what the chicken is? I don't know if calling someone a chicken is necessarily um, done in every... Uh, oh, is this done in Australia? Universal. That's pretty universal. Is this done in Poland, Nick? Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't do it in you don't do it in day to day conversation, but it's a known like you know. <laughs> <laughs> so for those for those of you who don't know out there who live in some strange part of the world that doesn't have chickens, doesn't have poultry. You're afraid of someone as a chicken. That means that they are scared. Um, and you also uh, did the hand gesture as well. Did you? <laughs> yeah, did the, did the come, come to me. Um, and and he came to me. Um, to to his credit, uh, he came forward into Just the death trap. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, and I think every one of those urukai died. Um, I remember looking over there at there. one point, and I was like, yeah, there's like, like ten of them left. And I looked back, and there was like. What was it? Sharku and the doorways. The doorways surrounded one wag rider. And I was, I was like, <laughs> "How many did you lose?" And you said, "One model." <laughs> <laughs> I just ate that whole phalanx. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it is really tough when basically all, and this was true in this list, all of their heroes uh, had 
off fight value no higher than our standard warriors when mm. standing within six inches of the dragon emperor which because the dragon emperor was sitting in the middle of the board everyone was mm. so i think they made a, a bit of an error early on with their deployment because it seemed to me that their plan was to sandwich me mm -hmm. um that's why lurts was so far on my yeah. board edge but i was down that end and i but think once i got in changed they the changed plan. the plan that's right and that's why they were in an awkward position because they really needed to lock you down with the drum early on yeah um get into the center but no they seem to have um mucked that one up but um i'll explain what happened on the end of my game if you want uh, my half yeah yeah um basically it was just a game of minimizing his transfixes um i had picked the ring rate because i figured it was an unusual choice but had the game not been so far in our favor they might have been thinking shag rat uh, or lurks will be the one that i'll go for because it is a combat hero is a high risk one and i've actually found quite often in games you don't end up killing that one um, the ring wraith, I figured they've just gotten it. It's the base points ring wraith. So they're not, they don't care about it. They're just using it for the cheap uh, spells. And I figured there's actually a chance that instead of me having to kill the ring wraith, he would just kill it himself. Um, although, did they say recently in the FAQ that you can't? You can't cast the ring wraith. Yeah, okay. you can't yeah. cast, but I figured I'll be able to get and it. By the way, if they do, it counts as a casualty and we get credit for it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that might be can't do it anymore, so we'll look. Yeah. My I idea was with seven points of will, I will be able to force this person at some point. They will sacrifice him to uh, for an optimal charge somewhere. So we got that because at one point I was able to plug the ring rates and he died. And uh, well, what happened to Shagrat in the end? I think we did. Oh, the Dragon Emperor saw the Shagrat. Uh, Shagrat, Shagrat was fighting Rutabi. Um, did Rutabi take any wounds? Or no. Ah, no. uh, I lost it. Lost the fate. Yeah. So Rutabi was was down and been kind of going head to head with Shagrat through the entire game. Mm. And near the end of the game, we lost priority. And uh, I think we basically said, all right, get Rutabi and those, mm. those Peasants out of, the out of there. The Emperor will take care of this. Yeah. And the Emperor came in and took care of Shagrat. Was it, did we so, table then? Uh, I think that was a game where we- I think, I think, yeah, I think if we didn't, there may have been like one figure left somewhere yeah. by the time okay. so we definitely yeah because it was 12 us we'd have to appeal shagrat actually we definitely oh i remember okay cool i, I, yeah. I didn't because i believe i believe the emperor's exact words were i will teach you to try and beat up my girlfriend <laughs> yes um uh, that so. was a that was a good way to start though that was yeah. a good fun tactical game to get going they look kudos to them they seemed relatively new i think they told us that it was like their second tournament yeah so um, yep. they kept a really good attitude throughout the whole game they did so, they yeah did. yeah top, was, top points then yeah just not um, in the game but uh, so the lesson to take away from this game is if someone compares you to a chicken, perhaps you should not do what it is that you are <laughs> contemplating doing. Perhaps you should be the chicken. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Swallow your pride. <laughs> that's right. Live to be a chicken another yeah. day. <laughs> no, chickens don't seem to be very good at that. No. Uh, anyways, so game two, uh, I paired up against uh, Oscar. Um, Lovely guy um, had a very weird army. I saw it and I was super confused because he had a grand total of 18 models. Um, bears? Spiders by the guns? No. No bears. No, no bears. bears. He had a Gilgalad on board. unusual. Um, he had Galadriel, Lady of Light. He had Radagast the Brown just chilling on foot for some reason. Don't know why I didn't put a horse on him. Well, I guess the reason. He didn't put a horse on him is because he had a grand total of 14 elves, meaning he had 18 models in total. 
um, and he was impossible allies. Did this gentleman also play an Articon despite, given the fact that he was playing also already having qualified? Yes. No. You, yeah, you mean in the, the, yeah, the tournament? Yeah, the thing? last yeah. chance, yeah. 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 Respect. And unfortunately for uh, this poor man, um, it was Seize the Prize, uh, which is everybody's favorite scenario, especially when you have a massive 200-point bat that flies 12 inches that can grab the objective turn one, along with a marching captain when your opponent has a grand total of one mounted model and no heroic march. Um, so as you do, I marched turn one. Um, he obviously didn't. Um, My traditional tactic yeah. at this point is to get Gulabar in the middle of the board and proceed not to dig up the prize for five consecutive turns. Is that what you did? Um, <laughs> no, my tactic was more pick up the prize on turn one. Oh, why don't um, I ever think of that? And then, and then have the Witch King Black Dart through a Fortify Spirit onto Gilgalad's force and knock him on the ground. Oh, well done. Um, and I just marched everybody else up. Uh, turn, uh, what else did he do? Uh, he fortified with Galadriel that turn. Um, Radagast didn't really have anything to do because he had priority, um, so that didn't matter. And then next turn, um, no, I think it was, it was a four-turn game um, because next turn, uh, I won priority. Um, I did a bit of repositioning. Um, I shifted over, left a nice little gap um, for my captain. Um, next turn, in case I wanted to march, then Gulivar just went hard right um, to get out of uh, Radagast range um, because Radagast's transfix is really the only way that he can possibly slow down Gulivar. Um, Galadriel threw a fort, not a fortified spirit, threw a banishment at my Witch King, um, got a four, and I'm like, okay, I'll throw one will at it. I've got three fate and three might, I'll be okay. Um, and naturally, um, if you roll the four, I throw one will at it. Um, I roll two ones, uh, one and then one on the reroll. Um, I'm okay. I've got my fate. First one, one. Second one, two. And I sat there for a long time thinking about it, and I decided to spend the two might points, um, which left the witch king in a relatively vulnerable position because he only had one might, and he had uh, only one fate left, so he could very easily just get popped by Galadriel. Um, but that's all right. Next turn, um, he won priority. Uh, he backed his guys up a bit. Um, he, so I was going hard right. Um, he had like five or so normal guys uh, to the right as well, which he moved back. Um, I called a march with the captain. Uh, he had some archers chilling in the woods in the middle of the board. Um, and then he's like, okay. What I need to do is I need to transfix your marching captain so Gulivar can't charge into an elf. So he goes in on the transfix on Radagast, throws a decent number of dice, rolls the four highest, and I list it this time on Will. Um, throws another banishment with Galadriel, I think. Um, I think I managed to resist that one. Um, and then I just pushed all my models nine inches, got Gulivar on a ward within three inches of one of the guys in the far back, Compelled him forward with the Witch King. I think I threw like four dice at it, but did not want to fail that at all. Um, called the combat, killed the guy, and then Gulivar got out of 18 inches of Radagast and was like two inches away from the board edge. So everybody knew that the, the game was ending on the next turn. So basically, his only shot to get points was to um, kill the Witch King. So he's like, okay, you have one wound and one fate, which means if I channel banishment, then I will probably be able to kill you. Um, so he, my Wish King is now out of might, 
Uh, he decides uh, to throw all of Galadriel's remaining will at it, because why not? Throws the banishment, gets the six. My Witch King has two will left. He uses one of his will, um, rolls a five, re-rolls to a six. So I ended up uh, being able to win 7-0, um, as opposed to, I think, a 7-2 is what it would have been if he had uh, killed the Witch King. Um, but yeah, it was over in like four turns. That's just sort of what happens with Boulevard and Seize the Stars. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's like it's, not when you use my strategy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's really, it's really, it's really like a show of skill to pick it up on turn one, right? Mm, yes, yeah. all skill. <laughs> yeah. I pulled out my flowchart, read my flowchart, and then <laughs> <laughs> won the game. Yeah, I had a super interesting game too. Um, it was probably the best game of the of the of the seven I played so far this weekend. Well, this this well, it's not even weekend yet. We we've been playing <laughs> Wednesday and Thursday so far. Midweek day. Yeah. Um. So I was paired up against Neil again with his Isildur, Cairdan, Last Alliance force. Um. So, uh, we deployed. We started walking towards towards the objective. Um. And I got there first. And I feel like I made a mistake of digging it up and picking it up with just a warrior program. So I was like, well, if I if I get it first, then it's surely better than him getting it first. But then what that meant was that um, he was able to then get um, uh, Isildur and a captain into into my warrior program. Um, he did it despite the fact that he knew that I was going to shoot Isildur's horse from under him. So I shot the horse. He still called it hurry combat. He still managed to kill my 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 guy and picked up the, uh, the prize with his with his captain. And he started running away and sort of like hiding the captain somewhere 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 in the middle of his forest. I managed to entirely surround his army, and I was confident that whatever happens, like I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm I should be able to easily easily take him down to twenty five percent and then eventually get the prize and I, and I should be able to win. Um, unfortunately, most of my stuff started bouncing off. My heroes weren't doing very much. And um, I learned something new uh, in that, did you know that you can pass the prize to someone who is in combat? I did not know that. I did not know that either. I did not know that. I think you could do that. So apparently you can. So what happened was that I wasn't very far off from, from being able to catch his captain with my Legolas. And just as, as, like, as, as, as we were playing one of our turns, uh, we overheard a situation from the table next to us where someone was, I, I believe, trying to give the prize possibly to Gulabar, who had been in combat. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if it was Gulabar, but basically, um, that was your, your, your opponent from, from, from day one. And uh, he was trying to pass the prize to someone who was in combat. And they, they checked the rules. Um, they, they got some over, some, and, and they couldn't find anything that would, that would say that you cannot do it. So then, literally, the next turn, what Neil did, Walked over his captain into his <laughs> oh. and passed the price to him. <laughs> so we then checked the rules and we're like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing there that says that you can't do it. <laughs> so um, in the end, uh, I still surrounded him. I was still trying to 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 uh, to beat him in every way possible, and uh, it got to the stage where he was about to win the game unless Theodred kills Isildur. And so Theodred managed to win combat, knock him over, and only cost two wounds, uh, which wasn't enough. And uh, we ran out of time, and the game ended. 
uh, with him carrying the prize in my half of the board. Mm. So um, that was, I believe, five nil plus he broke me and I broke him. So it was like a six, 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 one sort of finish. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was probably like the most, the most fun game I had so, so far. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. So game game two saw us on actually table two in the uh, in the doubles tournament. Oh God, played, can we just skip this game? Uh, <laughs> play, play Kevin and uh, all right. I'm gonna. I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, but uh, Jerwin. I think it's Jerwin. I think it's like Haroon. Haroon. Like yeah, Harun. yeah. Kevin and Haroon. Actually, yeah, because I can't think his name was Haroon. Like the character. Hirun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so uh, Kevin and Haroon. Um, from the Netherlands, um, who who I've played, I've played before. I don't know if you. Oh no, I haven't played them before. Yeah, well, um, I didn't know that you had. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, they're 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 fun guys, and of course they brought another yeah. uh, uh, Dragon Emperor Legendary Legion. So uh, we had a Dragon Emperor versus Dragon Emperor match to see, figure out who was the true Dragon Emperor. Um, their loadout was somewhat different than ours, however. We had. Um, we had Dragon Emperor, Rutabi, and uh, Dragon Knight. They had uh, Dragon Emperor, Brorgear, uh, Dragon Knight, and a captain. And a captain. Um, like a captain on foot with, uh, with nothing else. And so we were playing the, uh, the no escape scenario, which I will try and describe now. Basically, your primary force, which in both our cases was the Dragon Emperor and his warband, start in a strip going the length of the board basically within six inches of the center line. Um, in the middle. In, in the middle. middle, yes. And then um, the other force, which in this case was Henry's force, um, uh, starts uh, basically behind, you know, six inches of the edge of the board behind the enemy's primary force. Okay. So the idea here is that the two uh, primary forces are supposed to hit head to head, fight each other frontally, while both sides secondary forces come up from behind, take them in the rear, and we see who wins. Mm -hmm. And the, the point here is to break your opponent uh, and then kill either of the leaders from the armies. Either that you get a bunch of points from the leader of the primary force, you get a smaller number of points for the leader of the secondary force. And, and banner. banner. Uh, oh yeah, and there are banner points. Yeah, there, there are banner points as well. Um, so this board also had two fields, um, one you know, kind of the northern half of the board, one in the southern half of the board that were almost entirely surrounded by stone walls, except for like an exposed part on mm. one side where you could run into it. It's like a paddock with a gate. Yeah, it's like a paddock with a gate, exactly that. So uh, so our opponents take their, they deploy first, they take their dragon emperor and they put him inside this paddock so that the dragon emperor and kind of and all the pikes are fight, facing the, um, the entrance or at least most of the pikes. And then some of the rest of the foot and the captain are kind of screening the other side to defend the back end of the fortified position. Against uh, against Henry, who comes up in the rear. So it's basically a fortress. Yeah, basically. this is basically a fortress. So what they wanted us to do was they wanted us to deploy in front of this. I attack it frontally. Uh, Henry um, expends himself uh, trying to scale the walls mm. to get at the rear of the Dragon Emperor, um, while their force comes up from behind and clubs me in the back of the head. And Henry and I look at this and go, "Nope." Yep. Um, and uh, so instead of facing off against his guys in the paddock on the southern half of the board, we just put my entire force all the way up in the northern half of the board. Mm -hmm. And Henry comes on behind. Uh, and 
what ended up happening, it was, it was actually really fun. We ended up having great maneuvering. Yeah, there was this, this turned into a, you know, this, this was phalangite warfare at its best where mm -hmm. both players just kind of brought their forces together, together, assembled their phalanxes, squared off against each other with, you know, trying to put terrain on the flanks and cavalry on the mm -hmm. flanks and kind of positioned back and forth, going back and forth, trying to get um, a, uh, a position. And we, we finally figured we had it. We came up, or at least we had a shot at it. And we, we came up and were able to slip kind of all the way over to the left-hand side of their phalanx, kind of accepting risk on the right with the, with the emperor. But, but it wasn't too bad because the risk we were running was if we got priority and we, even if we won the move, we, we had the initiative and we were right. looking good because we had basically an entire block of their phalanx yeah. Out in an open field, and we had got Brodier down on the flank of was, this. Was down on the flank that we were starting to lead around. Very he was the secondary leader, so our plan was to get into Brodier, kill him, get our two points, mm. and turn this into a, a two-zero victory. Basically, because Ratabi can then be far more defensive, and we can get that advantage yep. in VPs. Yeah. Um, we also had a little bit of cat and mouse a bit earlier with the Dragon Knight that I kept um, harrying their flanks for. So as we were trying to square off, I was using the Dragon Knight on the flank to try and draw the Dragon Emperor away from the main battle line, which would then give Matthew enough time to gang up on his troops, basically, and Brawl Gear, can't say his name properly. Um, but that basically went to a move off uh, where we won it, pulled away, and then they were able to drum efficiently enough to get back into the position. Yeah. But it, it actually got us our window to get down on their yeah. flank to give us the opportunity and, to do the move. And we were taking casualties doing doing it too, yes. because they had they had they had the Brogier from hell in this game. Yeah. Who was firing off two dice um on sixes. Yeah, he was firing off two dice uh tremors into our into our phalanx. Basically every turn was rolling a six. And then was rolling like a five. I think he distance. got off four tremors and still had a will left at the end of the game. I think ended yeah. up killing I think they, I think he killed like ten figures. I, I ten ten was how many I yeah. I would have said yeah. Um, it Which was, is what it got was them more than half of our casualties. But in doing this, he left himself exposed on the right flank. And this is where we get to. And this the was where Henry's cunning bit. plan came into it. Yeah. So tell so, us about your cunning. So the dragon knight that I had running around harrying their flanks, which if you're visualizing the board now, um, it's going to be difficult. But imagine we're down in the extremity of the south of the board, and it's an open field, um, and there's two phalanxes matching against each other, and then there's terrain above it. Um, and this is where the Dragon Knight is, is up in that terrain. Uh, he's within range of the drum, and he moves a full 15 inches down to the other end of the flank, which I don't think they're expecting in the slightest. So we're now in a position where we're in position, the Dragon Emperor sort of can only charge our Dragon Emperor, but then half of their army is basically redundant, 100% of our army will be combat if we want it. Um, it's a heroic move from the Dragon Knight, or maybe Ratabi, doesn't matter, uh, versus one from Brawl Gear. Um, it's a roll-off. They win it, which unfortunately seems to be the way that it tends to go for the rest of the game. Uh, despite this, they plug a lot of us, but they overreach, and they leave um, Brawl Gear out after casting a Tremor which knocks down our front line, and they charge a cataphract into two of our cataphracts. The Dragon Knight is still free, and they tried to take it back, but unfortunately it was too far out of sequence. So they did recognise that this was coming, but um, we put Dragon Knight and a cataphract drummer into a one infantry. Single one <laughs> single infantry pikeman. It wasn't even a black dragon. So you've got a Dragon Knight on the charge with a cataphract drummer. Uh, Call to Rock Combat. 
we're all gears out in the open. It's all, it's all go. Um, Dragonite wins the combat with ease. With, with ease. With yeah. ease. Drummer's fainting, so she'll get the reroll to ones. Uh, and on what was it? Eight, twelve dice? No, no, no. It was more than that. With the rerolls. Was, oh no! Wait a minute. Yeah. It would have been eight. It, eight it was twelve dice. Yeah. yeah it was 12, dice. twelve dice on the charge. Uh, did not roll anything higher. I uh, did not roll any, any fives or sixes at all on yes. twelve dice on the charge. To which Henry then shouts to the heavens, "My kingdom for a lance!" <laughs> exactly right, lances. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what yeah. you did, Lance. So that that was our that was our shot to uh, win the game. In the meantime, they had gotten their um, which, by the way, blood and glory would have gotten this point in my back. So yeah. momentum would have come from that. Too. Well, I mean, and more to the point, that I mean, that was really. I mean, we weren't going. We were probably not going to break each other at least at that point. That was the way. No, we, it, that was the way we were going to get our points. And then we just would have played a defensive game. For yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, they they actually did an interesting ploy. They got the Dragon Emperor and um, their Dragon Knight in on my Dragon Emperor, and um, I think we we both rolled sixes, and then um, they won the roll off, um, and they started striking at the bears, and this really puzzled me. Yeah, because uh, he took five wounds, and he he took five wounds. He has six wounds, so he was still there, and so they stalled him out. But you know, they had a, they had a decent chance to take on the emperor. And then I remembered there were points for banner, and that's what they were going for was to deny us the banner points. Ah. Uh, because if they had done one more wound, he would have been off his rocker, and he would have lost the banner points. So can you explain to me, because I don't actually know how this works, what's the difference between the Palaquin and the Dragon Emperor himself in terms of striking? So it is a mount that is not a mount. Um, and it is a mount that gives you a bunch of special rules, one of which is a 12-inch banner. Okay. So when that Palaquin gets killed and it has six wounds, one for each guy. And what's his defense? Six. His defense is six. Okay. You know, you know, if they get rid of that, they kill the bat. And he just falls on the ground. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he stands there and. Uh, and then so then, what's the, the what's the stats of the dragon emperor himself? Uh, I mean, he's your standard. You know, bite six, uh, defense three mice, three three attacks, three wounds, all that stuff. Okay, so he didn't actually. He's take defense any hits. Seven. Okay. Uh, he didn't take any hits. Wow. Okay. Dry, I mean, I thought they were going to try and kill him and get the leader points, but they weren't. They're were trying to get the banner points. If you kill the if you kill the dragon emperor himself, does the whole thing disappear? Yes. Okay. So they could have done both by killing the dragon emperor, but they figured that it had a better shot trying to do six wounds at six mm. than three wounds and three fate at a defense seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thanks and it for explaining worked. that because I feel like some people might have also be. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost I worked. Know. I mean, I was puzzled why they were doing it until mm. like he got to the end, and then I was like, oh right, there's banner points. Mm. That's what they're going for. And we're not going to be able to get through theirs. Yeah, and we're not going to be able to get through theirs. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the end, it looked into the very last combat that we resolved. It looked like this was going to be a zero-zero draw. Well, one-one with the banners. Well, we one-one one, one with the banners that we realized, after. but effectively a zero-zero. Yeah. Effectively a draw. Yeah, a draw. And um, <laughs> and then the last fight we have to resolve is Rutabi, who's burnt. I think. So can I give a bit of context base. to this? Because I've I've fought. Rutabi. Oh, by all means. Rutabi did not kill a model the whole game and was fighting <laughs> against. One, two, three Eastlings usually. Uh, in this particular combat, was fighting against two Eastlings. Uh, earlier in the fight, had used all of her might for heroic moves. At one point, was fighting two Eastlings by herself. Botched the roll. Took two wounds. Uh, botched two fate saves. Uh, so it was on, what is it? Uh, then got it on the one and then copped a wound. So I'm on two wounds, no fate. 
I think my maths is correct on that one. Yeah, somehow you came down to two wounds, no fate. You know? Yes, I used I burnt Lose, two unsuccessful fate for ordinary Schmedlats. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that's pretty bad, but that's all my bad luck used up. So it's last turn. We know it's last turn because the clock's running out. And uh, I put Ratabi back in because we're in a threat of being broken, but not too bad. And at this point, we're playing for the draw. So I thought Ratabi into two guys with a banner reroll. It's pretty good odds. Uh, I got fives. They got a banner reroll. They were on fours. Rerolled to a six. I had two dice. Didn't get the six. Backed up. They're two dice to wound. Two flat sixes. Yeah. And Ratabi goes down, and they get their two points. They get their two points. We get nothing. They double head. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me one dice. <laughs> so how it works. Yeah. There was one other amusing, and this is our this is our slow play story. There was this other one amusing incident from the game. So at one point, kind of toward the end of the game, yeah, none none of this has happened with Ratabi yet, and you know Henry's. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a lot of deliberation in this game. Oh, yeah. There's two players with identical armies basically trying to figure out exactly the right strategies to use against each other when everybody knows, like, what the strategies are. And uh, so there's a lot of discussion. At one point, Henry goes, look, you know, there's there's only 20 minutes on the clock here. Um, and uh, um, and we joined you know, combat with 45 minutes left. Yeah. So And, and <laughs> you know, and we, we need to move this along. And then yeah, and you know, one of the players goes, but you know, we're we're not trying to slow play. We just need to think this out. And you know, there's there's a little bit of exchange, and I go, stop, wait. You know, it, it, it's fine. You know, you, you take the time that you need. Henry, come over here. I, I want to have a conversation with you. And I thought and, I was going to get a fatherly speaking to of you need to have good attitude and you need to 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 not you know to call out the players and uh... and instead <laughs> I come over and I go. They could break us if this goes on for too long. <laughs> um, you need to let them take as long as they want when they're making their moves. <laughs> and, and he looks over and he looks at the numbers. He goes, hey, right. <laughs> and then and then Henry, Henry playing it up, goes back to the table and goes, look, guys, I really want to apologize. I was out of line. <laughs> and, you know, you guys take as long as you want. And there's, and there's a back and forth that goes with this that takes up another four or five minutes. <laughs> Good acknowledgement. <laughs> Lots of hand shaking. Yeah. And we checked every rules inquiry <laughs> after that. <laughs> well, no, we, I mean, we did. I mean. You know, to, to defensive them and to defensive us, neither of us were slow playing. We're no, no, it was just the game going. It's like, you know, it was just what it was just one of those things where it's like yeah, there is no advantage to us to, to try and speed <laughs> this along. So please stop doing it. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. that Australian blood in you to try yeah. to finish the game, even when it's well, not good for you. Bloody every other game in this tournament, both days, I've finished an hour to an hour and a half early. You know, if no, probably an hour early. Um, so I've been having these huge breaks. So it was quite strange for me, frankly, to see the big clock being canceled. <laughs> I don't see that at all, ever. Well, that's what happens when you have two armies that essentially yeah. like with drummers marching rings around each other, <laughs> trying to find an opening to, to get into. Mind you, though, I did enjoy that game. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Those are good guys to play against. They're very smart mm -hmm. guys. I've played them at, at least once, possibly twice, mm -hmm. um, and they're they're good opponents. So yeah, nice guys. So they advanced on. Um, maybe, maybe I don't think they. I, I think we held them to low enough points able to actually drop down after that. Yeah, because uh, we. I think we we were what uh, we were in like six and fifth yeah. or something like that, and then we went down to sixteen. I think. Well, no, I think we were um, we were third or fourth because we were on second table. Oh wow, we were yeah. that high. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and they were, you know, whatever the other one was. But you looked at me after our game, and what did you say? You said, uh, "We're looking at the periscope now." Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> so we we perhaps raised periscope. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that puts us into the middle seating. So uh, yeah. we're not too unhappy. 
All right, so round three. Um, speaking of submarining, um, and this has been, this was true for, um, for basically, uh, so basically it started, uh, I won against Mick by two points. So I was, I had, I had a win, but I was at the bottom of the winners. So, and because there were nine tables and 18 people, I was playing against uh, a guy who lost that second round. And now I was playing with two wins against a guy with one win, one loss this round. So that's basically the best submarining you can get. Oh, uh, that's not a submarine. It's mm -hmm. only a submarine when you've copped a massive it's, loss or a loss of waste. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, that's a submarine as a coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that's so much of a submarine as a sinking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this was a tactical, um, this is a tactical thing. So I was oh, on table. So, so, so the fact that I didn't try to uh, get, get into like a more enforced combat where, where you might the win by more. Low point win helped me. Yeah, low point win actually helped yeah. me. And it helped me because because my, 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 my overall PP tip wasn't so bad. So so I was playing against um, Sean Lang, um, who was playing fiefdoms. Um, he had a fairly bog standard fiefdoms list, you know, all the all the big boy heroes. He had Amrakel, he had Forlong, he had Angbor, he had Gwyn here. And then you know all of the guys that come with them. So some black root veil archers, some some pikemen with some knights in front, um, a couple of mounted knights, and then some of the axe guys, and then some of the two-handed sword choppy guys. Um, and this was capture and control. Uh, so basically, what ended up happening is uh, he decided to deploy his archers in some woods over on the left. Um, sort of preparing to shoot, uh, and then he deployed kind of about, I'd say, four to five inches back um, from the center of the board, and I'm like, screw it, I have two orc bows, I'm just going full center. Um, I've got 40, uh, not 40, I have 38 models, he has 32, so I've got the model advantage. Um, obviously, I could take my back objective, and then uh, he didn't really deploy at all on my right, so I could just take that one fairly easily. Um, so I was pretty much ahead on the objectives early game. He had um, one that was like fully covered by his just line of archers and then the one his back and then I had three other ones. Turn one did not go very well for him. I won priority um, and he had made a weird decision, I would say, where he left cavalry size gaps. Um, so to what side are you playing? Capture and control. Um, so he had left cavalry size gaps, presumably to try and get his Forlong and Immerhill in, mm -hmm. call heroic combats, and then just kill as many of my guys as humanly possible. The problem was he did not expect to um, do quite as badly as he did um, at dealing with my tricks. So one of my specters goes up and they're like, okay, Forlong, I'm going to make you take the courage test. Forlong's like, ah, it's fine. I'm Courage four up to five down to four because of the, the war horn minus one. I'll be fine. Um, he proceeds to get um, double twos and he failed by two points. He had a couple of options here. He could have spent two might, he could have spent a will and a might, which would be Forlong's only will point, or 
he could have just let me do it. And he chose to let me move Forlong. So I pulled Forlong forward um, through that lovely cavalry sized gap that he had made, um, like basically isolated on his own. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, I was going to compel Forlong afterwards, but I guess I don't need to do that. So I throw a compel on Emmerhill because if I can pull him forward, I can surround him with Willibar and Witch King and then Uber kill him. Um, so I successfully cast that on a six with two dice, which was pretty lucky. Um, and then he goes, all right, um, I'm gonna, I need to get these kills off as much as I can turn one. I've lost four long, but if Emmerhill can do some damage, that's good. So he throws all three will points to try and resist, banking on that six. Um, he rolled a four. So two might points later, uh, Imrahil is now on one might left and zero will left uh, on the first turn of the game. Uh, I then sort of hard engage with all of my models. Um, Dwin here is uh, sitting in the woods in the corner of the board, crying because none of his archers have any shots because I just engaged everybody <laughs> immediately. Um, so he basically is like, okay, I guess I'm going to take my archers out of the woods. So he had to move half to try and get out of the woods. Um, Do I, they not have woodland creatures? Like no. Ah, because they're in like the rocky yeah, 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 yeah. With all the rocky terrain we have wow. here at Articon, which is <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, going on Forlong with Gulivar and a guy, um, I basically used those holes um, that he had left open um, for his cavalry to go through. Um, and I basically just shoved a bunch of my orcs in there, um, which basically meant I got tons of one-on-ones, um, which isn't incredible because he did have that massive Immortal banner, which gives him re-rolls on those fights. But it did mean that um, he had less dice to stack up against me with higher fight value. Yeah, you'd always rather than one v ones. Yeah, uh, with lower fight value. And for long, obviously, Uber died. There was no saving him. Um, I called a combat with the captain, and he, of course, correctly also called a combat with Forlong to try and prevent my heroic combat from going off, which did, in fact, succeed. Um, so I just ended up killing Forlong. I couldn't do anything else fancy. Um, and my orcs rolled like you wouldn't believe and just kind of started cutting through um, my guys. The Witch King got a couple of kills as well. Next turn, um, we have a move off, which I end up winning. Uh, Immerhill gets, Immerhill has, to, so Immerhill has to spend that might point to call the heroic move because his other heroes are super out of position. Um, so Immerhill is now out of might. I win the move off, compel him, charge him with Gulivar. Um, I have priority, so I charge all my guys in. And then because I have priority, I obviously do Immerhill's combat first, kill Immerhill, and there goes his ban. Um, and basically from so there... So you guys sort of not playing the objectives, just having a, sh a showdown um, in the we middle were, and then we worry about it later? Some of the objectives. Um, because in cat current control, the objectives aren't super spread out. It's um, it's the five, isn't it? And then yeah, you flip them. Yeah. yeah. So it's 12, 12, 12, 12, and then yeah. one in the middle. Um, I just sort of left the one near the archers alone yeah. because I knew that whenever I sent somebody over there, they would just get obliterated. Um, I had the middle one fairly secure because I had pushed past the middle. Mm. Um, no one was going to be getting to my back objective. Um, and then we just sort of played on. Um, uh, I did do that uh, fun black dart trick where uh, he won priority, uh, pinned Gulivar with a guy, and then the witch team's like, okay, 
black darts the guy out and then Gulivart can move uh, afterwards. Um, so I managed to reposition Gulivar all the way over to his left objective. At this point, his archers have just abandoned um, their posts well, entirely. Because they're all the, the low courage they, guys, they, aren't they? Well, yeah, they, yeah. he hasn't broken quite yet, um, but he's like, okay, my archers aren't doing anything. I'm just going to throw them into combat. Yeah. Um, so Gulivar, um, on I think it's the last turn of the game, I, I did manage to break him. Gulivar runs on that objective. I've got my three objectives secure. And I managed to push some guys forward um, onto his back objective as well. And um, it ended up being a 12-0 because uh, always Yeah, uh, it was it was a pretty big win, uh, which in the third round is pretty good. Because mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we both were on uh, we both were doing pretty well in the tournament. So nice. Um, can I talk about my game after 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 your game? Because, because, <laughs> sure. Because because the I climactic. Because I had I had quite a special opponent. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Just thinking for one say, special man. Oh, <laughs> save that. Bit. Yeah. All right. So so Henry and I's third game is against uh, Nick and Andrew, both Ooh. of whom uh, I had actually played against the day before in the uh, in the qualifiers. Yes. The women will complain. Yes. Get on screen. Nick was the Bayon player you played next to Yes, I played, by, I played both the Bayon player and the Frenville player. This was the moment when I realized that Frenville did not, in fact, have the circle of kings during the entire game, and I thought he had the circle of kings. Um, and uh, um, so this was the, uh, I think it's the, it's the cornered scenario. So this is the scenario. Well, there's no corners. There's no corners. <laughs> it is it's all concentric. Well, it's, all, it's, all, it's all concentric rings. Just yeah. corners on the board, you know. Yeah, yeah but that's about it. So, so there's a terrain piece in the center of the board, which in our case was um, some some fortifications with two kind of open sides. It's the two as Gilead, uh stair sets, yep. set opposite to each other. Yeah. So there's a there's a six inch area in the center of the board that's kind of like the terrain objective, mm. and um, one side's primary force. In this case, it was the it was their friend Will's Hall's uh, uh, list, which was Threadwheel and a warband's worth of of elves that deployed in the middle. Um, you know, basically fortifying this position. Uh, and then there's another concentric wing 12 inches out from the center where our entire army deployed. And our job is to basically wrest the center from our opponents and kill the leader of that force. And they actually get, get points merely by keeping him alive. Mm. Um, and then on the and then once we have deployed kind of our force in the ring around the outside, the relieving force comes, which in this case was um, Grim Bayorn and yeah, uh, just like, Bayonis, yeah. like half a dozen Bayonis, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, it was you know trying to trying to come to the rescue, um, and we deployed. So there were basically two ways into this little fortress in the middle of the board: one on the east side, one on the west side, and we deployed uh, the Dragon Emperor and a massive uh, phalanx. Mm -hmm. Um, with Ritabi on the right side, basically and staring down, and the drums, staring down Thranduil, who was there kind of like leading his, you know, the ranks of his palace guard. And he had two cavalry around the back and some other guys up in, up in the fortification. And he's banner looking nice and out in the open behind those yeah. two cavs. Um, so, uh, so Henry took the Dragon Knight, all of the cavs, and then a few pikemen for good measure. And his job, because he was the one who had enough movement to actually charge in and getting the combat. Turn one. Turn one. Yep. Um, and uh, and then they 
we expected the bears to come along behind the emperor and go after the emperor and kind of tie up the back of the phalanx and force the turn and fight. But he instead brought on the bears behind the cavalry. Which was a real mistake because... Uh, because the bears don't move as fast as the cavalry does. No, so we had a good couple of turns of combat. Yeah, and the, the bears were not... The bear was not in a position to come on and like take the cavalry in the rear before we moved. So we had a chance, basically, to, mm. to come in. And, and also I was able to pin Bayonne 10 inches yeah. out of 12 inches out of the terrain objective with just a horseman every cataract yeah. every turn. Um, so, I mean, it was, it, you know, this was tactically, this was a pretty simple game. I yeah. Mean, I the, so. the drum beat the phalanx leveled pikes and a wall of uh, phalangites slammed into one side of this with Rutabi right in um, Grandwheel's face. Would have been what, 10 lines of infantry? Because I only had about four guys. I, it was it was a little, it was about eight, it was about maybe six seven or eight lines of infantry. And the emperor just stood back and he was like, I have, I have people for this. Um, and, you know, in went the phalanx. So like, you know, one, and then coming in the back was the wall of cavalry to hit the cavalry and go after the banner. So all of these guys kind of get, I mean, the first thing we did was we marched up right up in Grendel's face. Instead of kind of coming forward to fight this phalanx, they moved back a bit. And they basically came together where there was no space between their front and back lines. It was a proper hammer yeah, and anvil. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. really a sandwich. And, you know, just everything died. Um, yeah, they probably lasted three turns in there till it was just Thrandral, would you say? Yeah, it's just three Thrandral. solid turns. Thrandral, Thrandral took some killing, but, yeah. but finally went, because, you know, basically, Brutabi would call a strike, Thrandral would call a defense. Mm. Um, and they did play that well. They did. I, I was expecting Rotabi to get all those free mark points, but they were defending. Well, I mean, I, you know, and I was rolling a whole bunch of dice because, you know, I would go in and I roll six dice. And then if I, you know, if I didn't win, I would roll another six dice. But I was rolling, I, my inability to roll sixes was matched only by your inability to roll fives in the previous game. But, <laughs> um, but eventually, I think mine's after, more impressive. Yeah, I think <laughs> after maybe like four or five turns of this, Brand will finally went down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and basically, Dragonite was just charging two Bayonings a turn and just dropping them. You know, Cataphracts were charging in. So don't be afraid of Bayonings. I've actually been underwhelmed by them in both games. I was actually, when I was talking to my opponent in the first one, I thought every single one of them turned into a miniature bear. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they all did. I thought they were like a half troll. Yeah, yeah, these little mini, mini <laughs> poop fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so I was terrified. But no, you don't need to be afraid. It's uh, But the, it's but okay. the bears are terrified. And, but the way you deal with the bears is to just not deal with the bears. Yeah, put one guy into them. They're not going to do a hard combat. And the thing is, they've got three dice. Yeah, like the, when they're the not on the The real problem with the list is the the inability to access might. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every time a bear heroic combats, you cheer because that's one less might that they have to do other things. Yeah, yeah exactly. and they go into two more guys, and even yeah. then there's a chance yeah. they'll bump. And you're almost always doing them first because they don't want to spend their precious yeah. money. And they don't get the banner on themselves too, don't they? They on the Bayonings there. Andrew, uh, Nick wasn't rolling for it on himself. So he was not using the legendary legion, so there may be some sort of quirk there. I don't know off the top yeah. of my head because he was because he was allied. But um, well, I'll have to read up on it because I think I'm facing the bears tomorrow. That's what we Hopefully, you get a good scenario. Yeah. So yeah. It, I mean, if the you're playing contest Lord of champions battle, against the bears, battle to the death and contest of champions are all out of play. I think they're out of play. Or are they not? Yeah, because we played yeah, to the yeah, death. We, we played to the death round one. So those three are out of play, which are obviously the worst scenarios. Well, actually, to the to the death is actually okay against bears because you yeah, have the approach march. 
In any case, nobody uh, cares about us beating up bears. So yeah. tell your story, so, Mick. Yeah. Right, so we 12 owed it. So we're yeah, on our we, way back up. We did. So you know how, like, in an average tournament with like 18 players, if you've lost two rounds and you're playing like bottom or second from the bottom table, you expect that your opponent may not be the best player in the tournament. Instead, what happened? Um, I show up and um, I happen to be playing possibly the best player who has ever played the game. Uh, two-time world champion and uh, two-time ETC winner, Jay Clark. So, um, who looks at Mick, smiles, and says, Mick, I want you to know I lost those two games just, yeah. so, <laughs> just so I could crush you just now. So, just so we could play together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I showed up on, on table eight out of nine, having having lost two games, wanting to play someone else who lost two games, who was Jay. Um, he was playing a very interesting list. Um, he had uh, Galadriel, uh, Celeborn, and yeah, that was his only two heroes, and then just a bunch of elves. So he had some, something like 33 models, I believe. Um, he deployed quite far back initially. So uh, I knew he was going to cut by night. He had, uh, he had 10 bows. Uh, so I had to, again, abandon all, all of my shooting. Uh, which it seems like in every single game so far over the last two days, I've abandoned my shooting. Um, so I went forward. Um, I, uh, I lost some of my guys to shooting. Um, then, then yeah, well, combat started, where um, for a very, very long time, first of all, Huron killed absolutely nothing, then died. Thayodred, over the course of about seven turns of being in combat, killed one guy. Um, in the meantime, Legolas was uh, trying to snipe off Galadriel throughout the game. Um, every, almost every turn, using his might to actually cause a wound, um, including one time even using my point to hit, because I was like, well, I'm going to cause a wound on the 4 plus, so I might as well do this. Um, so uh, initially, I had four objectives, and Jay only had one. Uh, and I almost managed to wound Galadriel. Uh, after after she passed all three of her reroll play points, uh, the combat started. He managed to um, to basically uh, kill kill a lot of my guys. It was it was very even for for for, for most of the game. Um, we were about to break each other. Eventually, he broke first, but he also managed to like uh, get through with his Caliborn with with his other guys and actually. He managed to contest the, the middle objective and uh, my left flank objective um, before I broke as well. Then once I broke, everything started falling apart for me, including both my Legolas and Theodred running away Ooh. from Caracas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, whilst uh, Galadriel died uh, fighting against, against two warriors in Minas Tirith. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't know how that yeah, because, well. Galadriel was down to uh, to uh, to was left mm -hmm. after after all the all the shooting from Legolas. Gotcha. So so since we simply lost combat against against the warriors, like so then Arutabi went the same yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> so then we had this really weird situation where uh, the game uh, normally ends on a level of one or two after after breaking, but the game wouldn't end for about eight turns, to the point where. Um, uh, everything was was uh, was failing uh, courage tests, and um, I managed to have my one remaining rider of Rohan reclaim one of the objectives, 
giving, giving me two and him two. Then the rider across the passive carriage test twice. And then he ran into an elf who was standing lonely on an objective. And we had a situation where I had my one last rider Rohan on, on, uh, uh, on the field. He had Kelleborn, uh, he had a Sentinel, and this one elf. And if I win that combat and kill the elf, and the game ends that turn, then I'm going to win the game by, by playing three objectives, because he's two. <laughs> and both of our leaders are dead by now. Um, I rolled a six with my with my pitching, pitching strike, but he rolled a six by, by, wow. by using shielding. Uh, he bounced me off, and then the, the, the very next turn I failed a carry set. So I got tabled in the end. Can't win. After after about like eight eight extra turns, <laughs> but it was it was basically like um, initially there was even a moment when he actually controlled all five objectives. I think then I I was like claiming them back, and everything was just running away. Everything was collapsing. Caliborn was trying was actually fighting Legolas for a couple of turns, but but Legolas won both fights. And then afterwards, he just, he, he ran away, Theodore ran away, everything else ran away on both sides pretty much. Mm. <laughs> up, up until like one versus four. Had I killed the guy and the game ended, I could have won it. But instead, I lost seven five. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really cool game. And um, yeah, Jay played it really well. Just, uh, he's, 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 he's relatively all right. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's so, getting late and yeah. we, need, we all need to get up in the, in the morning yes. and, and yeah. fight yeah. this out again. But before we do, I just want to say, uh, give a, a shout out to James Clark here at Articon, who's a uh, big supporter of the podcast and gave us this wonderful room, which is probably the, the coolest room in uh, in the Manchester uh, Piccadilly. Temperature rise. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I was just saying temperature wise. I make no simulations otherwise. So yeah, I was wondering what was so special about this, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he gave us this, this room to use. It's to... almost like we're at a train station. Yeah, yeah exactly. Welcome to sir. Um, so anyway, thanks, James. Much appreciated. We're having a great time at your uh, tournament. And everybody, you can probably tune in another week or two and you can find out to the question that I'm, I'm sure is eating you all up now, namely, which one of my two children will I bring back to the United <laughs> States with me? Um, and also, you know, who won, so. Yeah. All right, did, did we just talk about 23 games? I think we did. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Those people are gonna be falling asleep halfway through this episode. They probably are, but <laughs> in their defense, so am I. <laughs> so if you've made it through this episode, congratulations. I know it's been tough, but thank you for sticking with us. And remember everybody, Baron can't transform if he's overlapping a train piece. Goodbye. Take the lantern.